Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com/sunranto. That's patreon.com/sunranto where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. patreon.com/sunranto don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Muchos golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sun Rento, Sun Rento Okay, we get it. <laughs> I, had a good one. I don't have anger this week. I don't know why. I'm not like angry yelling Sunranto. Maybe it's because the Cubs actually had a good week. They had a great week. They went five and two, and now they're definitely buyers. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Welcome to the Sunranto Show. Sunranto Show uh, is brought to you by our 116 Patreon supporters. Thank you for supporting us at patreon.com slash Sunranto. Of course, Blake Beard's incredible third baseline tickets where you can buy them from him at theblakebeard.com. Look at those seats. Just like right there. You can see everything right down the third baseline. Also brought to you by Rogue Wave Created for your branding, graphic, and web design needs. And... The Cubs PS Plus podcast, a Northside numbers game, and I'm going to compliment Mike Waller 
later on tonight for being way more right than we've ever been on this show about lots of things um, and for having a great guest on. You're Greg, not you talking about Master Boney. Yep. He saw it first. He saw it coming. He saw the power. He saw what coming? There's nothing coming. Yeah, he had a he had a solo home run this week. So I want you to take that <laughs> his back. First of his, his first career. of the season. Of his, of career. his whole career. His That's whole true. career. He's only to be fair, he's only had like 83 games. But so uh, welcome to You know what? I will always celebrate baby's first homer. Good job, Miles. Uh, I agree. I was there. I saw it live with my own eyes. I will say to my grandchildren <laughs> that I'll never have that <laughs> um no. I, You'll say to your your grand nieces and nephews. Yeah. God, I hope they don't have kids either. I hate freaking kids. God, I hate kids. No, I don't hate all kids. Just just most kids. So uh, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show, where we love children. And um, infield fly girls here drinking a beer. Uh, what? And uh, Michael Cotton, who you heard scream in our ear. So what are you, what are you drinking, IFG? I have uh, from Fort George Brewing and uh, exclusive to the Pacific Northwest, I have three-way IPA. Ooh, a three-way tonight. That's, uh, that's pretty racy. It's the same beer, but in two different colors. I think there's a third color, too, but I haven't found that one yet. So it's the same thing, just in a different package. Kind of yeah, sounds like it's, a three-way. it's the same design, but just different colors. <laughs> Look at the fish. They're so cute. Wow. Anyway. Very nice. Well, that is. A nice I That's am drinking a Summit Saga from St. Paul, Minnesota. No, these nice. summits, these sagas right here are very good beers. I've re- this is like one of my favorite beers. I love these things. Very nice. What's the brand? What kind of beer is it? IPA. It is an IPA. Yes, and it's a Summit, and it's called Saga. Well, I hate to admit it here on this show, but I actually really haven't been drinking for the last nearly three months right now, so I have no beer. I'm uh, proud of you. I basically <laughs> only drink on this show. Otherwise, <laughs> Me too, actually. And, and even then, I've got my Coors Edge just loaded here because I'm, I'm not going to drink too many of them. But what the Christ is a Coors Edge. It's a non-alcoholic Coors. Oh, oh. And why it, we've made Coors worse for our fans. Like, <laughs> no, why? actually, to be fair, Coors already bad. They just made this one taste the same. And it has no alcohol in it. That's really the only difference. Well, I'm drinking out of a crazy cat mama mug, my Yerba Mate tea. Um, so I'm getting all hyper over here for a Monday night. And uh, hashtag chance in the chat if you would like to win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you. By me with a message of love and doom and be eligible to win a fabulous prize at the end of the year out of our bag of marquee goodies. Um, so we just, says uh, the steps are nice and low where Blake's seats are. Yeah. Which, honestly, that's good to know. You tie a few on. You want to know that when you fall, you're going to you're going to fall down 12 very light small steps rather than some of the steep ones up in the upper decks oh well the bleachers when people just go rolling over <laughs> onto each other and beers are flying and so um hash so yeah hashtag chance of the chat we thought we'd start tonight with the little rakes flakes throws and blows we've had few series since uh the all-star break so we've got a small enough sample size to rip on our players with um, why don't we do a rake? Today I'm going to show you how to rake. How do, how does one rake? How does one rake? Well, how we does one. 
What's that? <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna drop it on you. Go for it. <laughs> Who's raking? Tell me. I want to hear it. Well, if you want to rake, what you I do is you, hear- you go to Los Angeles because uh-huh. nobody knows how to rake like people from Los Angeles, and you get a Cody Bellinger. That's right, you do. Since the All Star break, Bellinger has been lighting it up in ten games. He has hit five home runs, driven in 15 runs on 17 hits, and only struck out five times. That's right. Yeah. I want personally, I want an apology from everybody in the chat who thought he was just gonna be the doofy stoner sitting out with us in the bleachers by this time this year. Go hey. on, I want to see it. I'm gonna put him on the show. Say, I'm sorry I didn't believe in Cody Bellinger. <laughs> David Elliott's a little uh confused we're already talking about the cubs is less than 10 minutes into the show so yeah you can't be late we're getting right into it okay uh well no listen to the slash line that he's had 436 452 obp wow and uh 872 for a 1324 ops which is that's exactly what he wanted he bet on himself he signed the one-year deal it's also what the cubs wanted but they wanted it probably for different reasons. And uh, now we got to find out whether or not the Cubs are going to stick with the reason they signed him or not, because everybody knows this was their dream scenario, right? For him to hit well so that they could flip him for something. For I a bunch guess. Of toddlers, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I guess that could be, uh, you know, and it looks like, it might be likely like we're right on that cusp of whether sell or buy. And we'll talk about it in the second section of the show. But uh, I, I love that people still think still are having this debate on whether to sell or buy. Well, I mean, let's talk about it in the second part of the show, but, okay. but, let, but Bellinger specifically, I think about being a, a flip job. The problem with that is, you're not going to get that much for a rental these days. Like that ship has sailed. You got the third wild card spot. Now that is not just one game. You've, you can get in and have a more decent chance. So I don't know. I don't think people are willing to give up like top prospects for Cody Ballinger, you know, even no matter how good he is, you would have to have a real need and a real desperation to be like, I need, you know, a lefty bad who plays center and first, like his specific skills. And, right. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's well, are, are there are there not a lot of teams that need players that know how to hit baseballs and play more than one position? I mean, they all need Cody Bellinger, but will they all give up something good to get him and like wreck their cheap guy? who's in the minors and like wreck that situation when they could, you know, it would have to be somebody with a plethora of prospects that they wouldn't mind parting with. And um, I just don't, you know, well, and then, I mean, on top of that, then you've got Jed Hoyer who has to win the trade. Like it can't be a good fair trade for both teams. He's got to go for it. You know what I mean? Like he's got to keep and get something amazing or else He's not going to pull the trade off until maybe late. I I don't doubt that Jed is going to screw this up like he has in the past. And and by the way, whoever Facebook user is, you are correct. I believe I did talk trash against uh, Bellinger early in the season, and I was wrong. Bellinger actually came back from the 
I don't know, the death, the, the, the toilet drain. Like he was going around. He's like that little turd. Like you think it's gone. And then like an hour later, you, you go to the bathroom. And you're like, oh, look, it's still there. I, I, that's a really strange and bad analogy, but we'll we'll take it. But why don't why don't we move on to the? I, I just want I just want a clip of Cotton saying I was wrong. <laughs> I you know what I, I change my mind all the time when things are proven to me that I should change my mind. I mean, uh, Lyle Aker changed my mind on the DH. I before him, I thought you know what. No DH at all. And then he got me to realize, no, the DH in one league is a great idea. Well, we're not getting you on DHs. We're getting I good. haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them? Okay. Were, you, were you even ready for flakes? <laughs> no, I did, have, I did have one quick shout out, and I, and I will just drop it in here real quick. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, surprisingly, as bad as he kind of always seems, uh, he's played in seven games and he's only gotten 20 plate appearances, but he's got five walks and four hits in that limited time. And three of those four hits were home runs. So like he's a complete feast or famine guy, but I mean, he, and he's only struck out five times. Like you just Good job, mustache boy in my mind. I always like every time he comes up, he strikes out, but yeah, no, he's actually, you know, he, he had a pretty good uh, couple weeks. Um, you, you know, before we get off belly too, I got to say, I am wearing a Bellinger shirt tonight. I've got. The, oh, I love that. He hit a ball 420 feet on 420. And this is like a high times cover uh, with Cody looking all stony. Uh, I'll drop the link for this. This is from in the clutch shirts. It, I'll drop the link for it in the chat. That's a great and, one. I like that. And uh, yeah, so, Sunranto is the code for 10% off too. All right. So getting into the flakes, this is going to be shorter. Uh, for everybody who's had at least 20 plate appearances, Trey Mancini has been the worst. Uh, he has the lowest batting average, the lowest on-base percentage, the second lowest slugging percentage, and that all adds up to the lowest OPS by more than 100 points. Trey Mancini yeah. is not good. I and, wanted to like him so badly, and yet... You know, I, not- I'm with you, IFG. I thought... Like he might be the guy. The Hosmer thing ticked me off. Uh, the Mancini thing didn't bug me as much until they actually started to play, and I saw that like he really wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. And plus, I remember when Heather Linington Noble came on the show, and we were pretty excited about Mancini, and we asked her all about it, and she was like, "He's so great. You're gonna love him. I'm so I'm so jealous that he's on your team." And so we were all about it, and then like we saw him. Pl- then they put him in right field, I think, at first, and mm-hmm. it was and it was horrible. And then he didn't hit. Then he dropped a bunch of baseballs at first base, and like, I mean, he was pretty much he was with the Orioles his entire career, right? And then until he got traded to Houston. Houston. He went to Houston for half a year, and then the Cubs picked him, and maybe. then. Or maybe how, it was one season. How yeah. sad is he that he's not an Oriole this year? They have the best record of in the all American. years, right? It's yeah. like it's like when we won without Starlin Castro, and he was just there for all those years, like doing nothing except yep. for sleeping. Um, yeah, it, Mancini, a shame. Like, I mean, and I still root for him, and we're gonna have to because he's 
we got him next year unless they can flip him for something. But we don't even need his particular skill. First base? Right. No. I mean, you've got Bellinger there uh, that could play it. Merlin. And when you bring him. Yeah, then also they should have Mervis up here. And honestly, I know everybody hates Jared Young, but if you had Mervis and his day offs, that was Jared Young's spot was just his day days off and maybe, you know, whatever, like that would be fine, you know, but the Mancini thing is just, I don't even understand what's going on there. Yeah, Bertie Barron says it best. I do like Mancini, and I wanted him to do well, and he sucks. Yes. <laughs> I think we can move. <laughs> well said, Bernie. Very, very to the point. <laughs> um, so you know, in speaking of the Bellinger thing, I think I heard Houston is interest might be interested in Bellinger. I think I heard that, and it makes me wonder. You know, we could maybe get uh. What's his name that played on uh, uh, the White Sox last year that we wanted? Oh, Abreu? Abreu. Maybe we get Abreu. I haven't seen what he's doing. I know he started the year really bad. Yeah. I don't he, know if he's gotten any better since, but uh, he's a first baseman. I Last I heard he was doing bad, but. He was still doing bad? Yeah. yeah. So let's do some throws, shall we? I, right. like, I, I like this one. This is a Damn it, I was going to get a new throws, and I didn't do it. Yeah. No, th- this is a good one because it might actually make people throw up uh, because it's a bit of a surprise. I'm going with Jamison Tyon on this. Pardon? He, he has started two games, and he has the second most innings pitched. He's got the lowest ERA of the starters since the All-Star break, uh, the second lowest whip, the second lowest average against and he struck out 10 while only walking two. Damn. And like, it could have been Justin Steele, except for that Horner non-error, error, error, non-error, whatever that was. And then he kind of fell apart in that one inning. And that's the one extra inning that Steele has uh, more (laughs) than Jamison Dion. But hey, what did I say? He's not a good pitcher. I still, I don't think he's a good pitcher, but he he was getting more consistent. He's starting to put a few things together. And if you plan for him, you can use a guy who's consistent because, you know, he just seems to be like, granted, it's, you know, four runs a game usually, but then you get every so often you get one like he had on a Sunday, no less. A Sunday I think he just at home sick of with being verbally abused on Twitter. What, what's that? I said I think he just got sick of being verbally abused on Twitter and decided to take a break <laughs> from sucking for a minute. Yeah, he's oh. like, you know what? I'm taking a lot of heat from Cubs fans. I really better do better, otherwise I'm just gonna get dragged for the rest of the last three months of the season. I just can't handle it. My wife is seeing this stuff. She doesn't want to make love to me anymore. Like, you had he had to make some changes, and he did. I still, I don't know this for a fact. This is would be more of an ass stat. I still think the Cubs screwed him up. I think that they tried to do something with his mechanics early in the season. He gave it a good run, and it didn't work. He ended up hurting himself. 
So he had to work back from that for a little bit. And then he sort of said, you know, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. <laughs> Pincus writes in, this is the Cotton Apology Tour show. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> um, to be fair, though, I was the first one on the Tyone may not be that bad. The first person saying it was a couple weeks ago. I agree. And everybody kind of gave me shit like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm starting to see like at least consistency. Yeah, but he was being consistently bad. And that's what we were arguing about. It's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's consistently terrible. Great. But if you're consistent and you have any sort of good management, they can work around consistency. It's the one game you're good and one game you absolutely can't pitch at all you know what i mean like that's the stuff that makes it really hard to figure out how to play it well the news is good on tyone hopefully it continues because we've got a lot more time right but i told you that might make people throw up so uh and then out of the pen javier Assad, 7.2 innings in three games and he has only given up one run on five hits three walks striking out eight he has a 1.04 whip and a 200 average against in those 7.2 innings. So that's pretty good. I love me some Javier Assad. And I like the way he pitches. Like when I'm watching him pitch, some guys you watch pitch and you're like, oh, that just looks nice to see. You know? Did you see you that? Darvish was like that for me. Oh, God, yeah. Did you see um, that play when he balked? Uh, Assad, did you see that? Did you remember the balk play? If you, I mean, it was like towards the end of the game, and we were already winning the game by a lot. So, uh, probably a lot of people had t- had tuned out at that point. But there was this play, and the batter was kind of waving his bat around and like making it seem like it was twelve seconds left in the before Assad had to pitch. But he had run out the timer, and Assad saw that and just pitched real quick, and it was a balk because it's a quick pitch. But um, it seemed like a little deking action. And it's something I hadn't noticed before. And it might be something that doesn't usually happen at all. Or is it something I'm not noticing? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Guys are doing different things to get used to that eight-second rule. Um, I did not see the play that you were talking about. Uh, I don't know. It, it could have been part of my baseball nap i'm not sure it probably was it was at that time of the game ifg have you noticed any like i don't know it's like the batter's acting weird like they're engaged with the pitcher that rule i'm looking at him but i'm gonna swing my bat around to make it look like i'm still doing warm-up swings have you noticed any of that uh i don't i'm a little bit maybe i'm getting a lot of uh a lot of pitcher stalling for sure. The, uh, Oh man, I really don't like this ball all of a sudden. Um, yeah. <laughs> or the, my favorite is the pitch come. It doesn't work. Oh man, this thing. I just, you know, what? Know. <laughs> they have gotten away from that because there was probably the, the whole month of May and just into June, nobody's pitch com worked. Like it was just a mess every game. It seemed like, and then I don't see it quite as much now. I think must maybe have, they got cracked down on a little bit. Must've been sunspots just interfering or something with the satellites. I don't know. Yeah. But people on. are doing different things. Who is the guy? I can't remember which team we were playing, but there was a batter that would stand in the box and turn his head and, and, look at the clock so he's in the box ready to go 
except for his head's not facing the pitcher. He's looking at the clock until he sees eight, and then he just turns his head the other way. So it's like in, instead of stepping out and like use, I can't remember which guy it was. Uh, Bill Sugas says Adamus did that. Oh, or maybe is then there was that was Contreras. Maybe a few guys are doing it now, but it was pretty interesting to see. Like, I'm not gonna let you. I'm gonna make you wait. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna get in there at 12 seconds and be ready to go, so that yeah. you can pitch any time after that. I am gonna wait until you know I have to be in there. Yeah, it was interesting. I wonder if they're gonna be able to expose the pitch clock for the fraud it is. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else in the chat, if you have seen uh, odd things like that that have been going on with the pitch clock, um, you know, chime in. Let us know, and, and, you know, maybe we'll talk about it and see what's going on with it. I know. But, I know, like, you know, it's it's not on the Cubs, but, like, Jose Caballero on the Mar- on the Mariners has been really good about stuff like that. Um, just that whole, you know, standing outside the box until, like, second number nine or – you know, taking his time out right before the pitcher's ready to throw and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they, that's disrupt, kind of fun to watch. Disrupt the timing. Uh, it's, it's However you can do it. And it's what it's always been about. It's what the batting gloves were about. It's what walking around the mound and grabbing the, the – and that's one thing I noticed from Assad the other day. Every pitch, he was going down to the rosin bag. Like, either he's the sweatiest man on earth, and it was pretty hot, or – he needs that moment to like reset his brain or whatever's going on. Maybe his arm hurt. I don't know what happened, but um, anyway, it's, it's interesting to watch those things and how they fill the time individually that they, how they need to do it. Yeah. I will say though, as odd as the pitch clock is, the guys seem to have figured out how to do certain things with it, but it still does keep the game moving uh, more quickly because if Assad didn't have to be back in there in 15 seconds, who knows? Maybe he's, you know, playing with that rosin bag for 30 seconds before he gets up there. I don't know. So, um, all right, let's do right. blow. Let's do blows. Blows. You just put your lips together and blow. Okay, this is Drew Smiley. I mean. He has nine earned runs in 9.2 innings. He's got the worst whip and average against in his two games. And it is definitely hurting his chances to be traded at this point for anything good. And then Brownie, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And he had those two pitches that were working. I haven't looked in a while, but I believe just uh, listening and watching the games, I feel like they're talking about him throwing more than the two pitches now. And it's almost like, dude, just go back to what was working for you. Look at that. Batters are batting 341 against him. (laughs) Yeah, it is really bad. Um, And then out of the pen, Michael Rucker is the worst guy the Cubs have out there. But the most disappointing guy is Julian Merriweather. Like, he was so good. For quite a while, he had like that one game to start the year, and then he's just been nails. And then all of a sudden, after the All Star break, like he's given up five earned runs in five innings, including two homers. Like it hasn't been good for him since the All Star break at all. Well, I remember a conversation that we had before the season started, the three of us, 
And maybe we had this conversation multiple times, which was about how we saw the back end of this rotation looking with the players that we had. And that was exactly kind of what they did the other day. Not maybe the way they did it, but with like Michael Fulmer being the opener, which is dumb, but that's what, but it's, but it's what we were kind of expecting. Oh, maybe some piggyback games. And we got a bunch of guys that can go one time through the order. And so they hadn't been doing that at all. And we lost. We lost and we lost and we lost. Tyone lost. Like he should have been piggybacked more. Drew Smiley was good until he wasn't because they made him pitch up all his innings in the right. first half of the year he, for no he's, reason. He's at his career high or some shit right now. Yeah. It's not career, I don't think, but it's it's up there for the last few years. Well, it's so, close. I think his career high is only like 126 innings or something like that. So either way, it's it's not what we expected. And it's seems like a bit of mismanagement on the part of the Cubs. You know, oh, you don't say <laughs> the Cubs management. They're having issues steering this ship. I don't know what you're talking about, Danny. So anyway, I want to see more of that. And I think we might if with if you got a sod pitching like he's doing. I don't know if you saw the the Wisniewski uh, numbers. Uh, Brett Taylor today was drooling on him um, and he looked him up after Alex Cohen t- tweeted this. Um, this in his, uh, five starts at the triple a level this season, this is obviously since he's gone back to Iowa, he has a one thirty seventy RA and the other night, five innings pitched, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts for the Iowa Cubs. I mean, makes your drew smileys of the world a little bit more expendable or, you know, not that. I'm yeah. just saying you got guys that you can do the three inning thing with. Yep. I have no, seen- and, and that Fulmer thing was so funny. The fucking first pitch of the game just gets <laughs> sent over the wall. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is this was brilliant. Did you get a chance to watch any of that, IFG, the the opener? I have not. I <laughs> That was the game. That was nuts because it was not supposed to rain that day. And I, we can kind of transition into some of these games and talk about it a little bit. I, I should mention the Cubs had a good week, five and two, but against pretty bad teams, you know. So it's it's not like, um, you know, we're we're rolling over like the Braves or something like that. But um, I mean, anytime you're beating the Cardinals, I'm happy. But also, it doesn't mean as much as it could. Right. Yeah. Well, but you know what they say. When these two teams get together, you just throw the records out the window. Well, which is what both teams want to do, actually. Hey, this game, these games could have definitely gone another way. Like I would say, the second and third game, the Cubs could have easily lost one of those as well. They got beat on Thursday night, and then a a bad umpire call against. I mean, a few yep. bad calls against Burleson. And I'll just start there, I guess, because this was fun. Yeah, I think I remember it said Hold on, um, the, the um, scorecard came back and said that it was like plus 1.77 runs for the Cubs. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot on a scorecard. Are we skipping the Nats series then? Just no, going no, straight no, to the Cardinals? No, I say we just amalgamate the entire thing. I mean, I, I don't think we have to necessarily go I mean, in order. Yeah, like ultimately when it boils down to it, we're a team that can't decide whether they're buyers or sellers, and the only people we're winning against are really shitty teams. So 
Yeah, like the Nationals. Like we d- remember how freaking sad everybody was on after Monday night, and they yeah. lose the game to the Nationals after losing two of three to the Red Sox, and all of them are must must win games. So everybody feels terrible, and and that was the smiley. That was his fault too. That game or that you know that he was just terrible, and the Cubs can never climb back in despite like they had home runs. Um, they hit a few home runs in that game. And then, well, they, every time it seemed like they were climbing back in, they'd get like one run down and then <laughs> Smiley just gives up more runs. Yeah. And that's, and so that's really frustrating for an offense. And then the other two games against the Nationals, if we want to start there, you know, we were losing three to nothing and then won 17 to three. I think that's how it worked or three to one at some point. No, that's how it was. It was three <laughs> to nothing. And then the Nats just quit scoring and the Cubs started yeah. and that seventh and eighth inning. Let me tell you what, uh, as, uh, Bill, Bill Sugas would say, uh, if that had lasted four hours, I would have needed to go see a doctor <laughs> <laughs> because it was nothing but singles and singles and more singles and another single. And then maybe a double in there and then another single. And it was Good just game. dink and dunking their asses to death. It was the the Looney Tunes cartoon thing where the guys are just running, like just going around the bases in a conga line. And then, uh, it, it, and Wisdom, actually, one of his homers was the go-ahead homer there yeah. in the seventh. And so, you know, if you can consider it, I guess is kind of the point I'm trying to make. You win 17 to three, but it was actually a close game. And so was the, for most of it. And then the third game, you win eight to three, but they put up five. They blew the lead. They were winning and they blew it at the end. And then that made Merriweather get the blown save and the win. Oh, yes. That drove me insane. (laughs) Like Hendricks actually pitched a good game. Struggled a little bit toward the end, but then, but it was truly Merriweather that ruined that game and then gets the win. Yeah. I hilarious. Pitcher saves is the dumbest thing ever or pitcher wins. Yeah. And, uh, the Horner hit the granny in that one. And that's what finally put the game away at the end. And Horner, like, I know he wouldn't be a raker this week cause it probably didn't deserve that, but he seems to be coming out of that horrific slump that he was in. So yeah. Oh, and David Elliott uh, corrects us. It was just singles, wild pitches, and walks for eight runs. Yeah. <laughs> club inning. Well, just and that's, a handful of singles. Yeah, it's, it's like being at the strip club. But um, no, I mean it's it was like it was like um, you know when when you when you see them scoring in that way, it was just against the worst bullpen in the majors. <laughs> like that's. That's all it was. The Nats have a terrible bullpen. They're not trying this year. And, you know, we were actually getting mowed down by, like, Trevor Williams and and his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trevor Williams was owning the Cubs there for the first part of that game. Yeah. It was just ugly. So not to, like, put the cloud next to the silver lining, but I'll do it. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you because, like, yeah, it's fun, but – and I'm glad that – the Cubs are delivering a handful of fun games this year. Like you got to have fun sometimes. If you're not going to be good, you should at least be fun and pretty. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we're just not good. 
<laughs> I could see us maybe starting to click a little bit, which would not be unsurprising that it would take half a year for these guys that just met each other to start playing well together. And that I could see us with an easier schedule, having a better second half than the first half, whether it's by worthy or enough to get you anywhere. Good. <laughs> I think it remains to be seen. Cause now you got, now you're looking up at a couple teams. Yeah. Alara on YouTube says, I remember seeing that Merriweather blown save in game win. I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> it's amazing that in 150 years of baseball, nobody's ever thought, you know what? Let's not give the win to the guy who blew it. <laughs> exactly. Never had that thought in, you know, who, who makes up these rules. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, moving on to the card series. Um, oh, they- we got here, I'm reading my poem since. Oh, you have a poem. All right. Yeah, All right. Well, I have, you need I have a poem for both. Danny, it's hot here. I, I was sweating, just grinding out these poems. They're not that good. All right. Well, <laughs> hold on. At least I'll play you some poem music. Poem music. I want some punk rock poem music or something. All right. What's more annoying than a gnat? Except one with a bat. And that's what the Cubs got in game one. Lost despite scoring five runs. But they are who we thought they were. Cubs had all the singles and runs in a blur. And game three went just as planned. Eighth inning, Nico with a grand slam. Back to the swamp with the Nats. Go Cubs go with a tip of the hat. That was a little uh, Dr. Susie. A little bit of a (laughs) Dr. Seuss sound to it. I will not eat them, Sam. I am. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's move on to the Cardinals series. All right, now we can do the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, win three or four from the Cardinals. Thank you, umpire. Um, kind of a, they, you know, some typical kind of Cubs-Cardinals games. But what I like about it is that, you know, we were all worried before the the series started that if the, the Cardinals climbed, they, if they beat us like three or four, they would have leapfrogged over us in the standings and it would have been super embarrassing. And that didn't happen. Instead, the Cardinals ended up here in this Cardinals casket. There you <laughs> go. And the Cardinals are so desperate now that Bob Nightingale reported that Wilson Contreras is on the trade block. After signing his five-year, $87.5 million extension, to what extent you want to believe in what Bob Nightingale tells anybody? Yeah, that's... It's so funny to think about. I mean, who's going to spend... Uh, how much of that... It All of the Nolan Arenado money is going to go to whatever team trades for Wilson Contreras. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, somehow... The uh, Rockies are going to be paying for Wilson Contreras to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it, we we stuck the nail in their coffin, literally, and it and they're definitely selling. I wonder how they'll do it. It's the first time in my whole life that it's ever been this horrible for them. I mean, and I'm old, people. Like I am almost fifty years old, and I do not remember seasons that were so hilariously pathetic, like is happening to the Cardinals right now. And I'm just so happy. It's bringing me such joy to see them. You know, usually I feel bad for a guy when he's down, you know, and I want to like help him back up. And like, like even when Yadier Molina was old and slow, I started to kind of like him. You remember that, you know, and now 
I'm just reveling in like <laughs> in just every bad thing that's happened at the Cardinals. So wonderful, so happy about it. Even um, even when they get screwed over, like can, can I just talk about this play now? I'm putting up for the podcast listeners right now. I don't know what you're talking about, Danny. All three of those balls are actual balls. Well, the balls are, but look at the strikes. <laughs> look at the strikes. So this is Burleson and. Were the bases loaded at this point? I believe they were. Leiter Jr. got this double play, um, and that sixth pitch there is also outside the zone. But Burleson – I actually think it's Burleson. Burleson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Burleson had to swing at it because two other called strikes way outside the zone, which which both would have been ball four – on a 3-0 count were called strikes. Five pitch five was a little worse than pitch four, but they were both way the fuck outside. I mean, and then Burleson, after he ended the double play, was just like, God damn it! And like he freaked out. And did he get tossed there? No, he I don't believe he got tossed, but he was the pissed. next game I was listening to the Cardinals call and they were and uh when uh, oh, their manager got tossed because Arenado got angry. Arenado started whining, and then their manager jumped out there, and then he got tossed for arguing balls and strikes. Just like, and they were like, he's probably arguing because of what happened the night before, too. Like, well, I think probably the most remarkable thing that happened in this Cubs Cardinal series was Jan Gomes hitting two triples. <laughs> Did you have that on your bingo card in the same game? I didn't have Jan Gomes with two triples all season. And I think he's up to like three or four right now. Gas money. (laughs) Good job, old man. Yeah. I mean, I think he had a little Jordan Walker to help out there. And was was Jordan Walker playing right field in that game? I don't know. But he was terrible. Um, It was kind of good to see because everybody's all in love. Like, I can't believe we took Ed Howard instead of Jordan Walker. Oh, man. And then, like, to see Jordan Walker botching play after play and not doing that good. is Oh, he was was rough out there. There was the one – and I think I mentioned it in one of the Cubs spots that, like, he literally caught the ball. And then drop the ball. I don't understand how those aren't errors. If the ball's yeah. in your glove. And then it's not. It's well, be, up. This they is give a- the error to, uh, uh, shit, what's his name? The Cubs pitcher, because it was kind of sharply hit. It went in his glove and then popped out. And they give the error to him. And it's just like, why are the rules so different? I don't know what an error is anymore. Uh, I've been complaining about that on Cubs pod. I and uh, Matt Spiegel the other day on the radio because he was filling in for Pat Hughes, who got inducted into the Hall of Fame. But um, when uh, when he said that his got Dr. Gonzo theory is that MLB purposefully told scorers to not give as many errors so that at the end of the year, they can point to all their dumb new rules and be like, see, we made batting averages go up this many points and any little bit that helps like few less errors. Like let's say you have a hundred less errors in the majors. It'll, you know, kind of raise the batting average slightly. I mean, I don't know how much it would a point or two um, tops. Well, I mean, when you're looking at the entire league, maybe, but yeah, I've never seen anything like this, like the way that, they 
just absolutely just don't seem to call errors. Sorry, could you? I can show you an error. Hold on, this is an error. The second look at this here. It went right it went through right it. Right through. Oh, it busted the the <laughs> webbing. Did you see the webbing snap loose? Watch the webbing come you loose. You can see here. That mitt. The ball goes I right. We should thank Bobby Witt for throwing the ball gloves. so hard to first base there. Wait, did they give him an error on that? They gave him an error on that. Well, he, he should have <laughs> fixed his glove before the game. You know, you go out there with a the BS webbing, and that's what happened. It's Beautiful amazing. throw. It's right in the glove. It just sails straight through the other side, webbing everywhere. Error. Speaking, speaking of yet, Jordan Walker first an error. doesn't get an error when he catches the ball and lays down on the ground and drops it. Well, I like the the errors, like especially in the outfield. Like if you're that bad and you just don't touch the ball at all, then you don't get the error. But if you manage to touch it, you get the error. That's like, been my complaint about error stats for forever. That like Javi Baez would be charged with a bajillion errors for trying to make really hard plays and messing up sometimes. And you know, uh, Addison Russell would you know have no errors because he never even fucking tried. Darwin Barney. Okay, well, Darwin Barney was a lot prettier than Edison Russell. So it, he, okay. he, but <laughs> he, he was pretty and he moved so slow, he never went into a blur. So you could really get a good look at him. True. Yeah. True. So, and uh, <laughs> speaking of errors, though, like wisdom was rough out there. Um, two, oh, yeah. Two bad errors in third base. It's like we're really having trouble with that third base. I know. And too bad there isn't somebody that they could get over there and just. I don't know. Try, try to put somebody over there that plays the position. Somebody, somebody who's who's notably really good at third base and has played a lot of innings there in other professional leagues. Miles Masterboni, <laughs> or possibly a guy who maybe not the best on defense, but hits the ball really hard. Like I don't a know, lot. Patrick or not Patrick was. Oh, did I just say Patrick was? Wait. Isn't that what we've been doing for the last three years? I don't know why it's different now that it's morale, but it's different. Yeah. I don't know. I well, guess I'm, it's because Patrick Wisdom isn't as athletic. It's well, like Morell is being punished for being athletic. Well, let's talk about Morell because he does make some of those amazing plays, but you know, he almost blew this game, this game <laughs> two. Yeah. With the, and now this was the one that the umpire won first with that double play. Uh, and and this is also the one where the Cubs almost blew it at the end of the game because a ball hit right to Morrell, went right through the wickets. It would have been the last out of the game. Instead, we had a little bit of excitement when it ended up with first and second when then the uh, Alzali hit Wilson Contreras and um, at the end of the game. And then finally, I don't know who they got out to end it, but um, I think it was tight pants uh, – What's his name? Tight Pants O'Neal. Tight Pants O'Neal, yeah. Tight Pants O'Neal maybe was Which the Which is funny time. because his pants are so tight, there's no way he's going to kneel. <laughs> exactly. Tight <laughs> Pants no kneel. Tight Pants no kneel. Or, oh, kneel! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this was a perfect day. Uh, we went with some friends of of my sisters who had never been to Wrigley Field before. They're traveling cross country. One guy was from uh, Colorado originally. The other one was from the East Coast, and their husband and wife, and or no, they had just gotten engaged, and they're driving across. They're moving to New York, living in Brooklyn soon, and um, they were floored. I mean, it was seventy eight degrees, 
blue skies, Friday 120. Just oh, the yeah. perfect baseball weather. Um, we had great seats. Uh, I mean, it was awesome. And then it was Cubs Cardinals. Justin Steele, our best pitcher on the mound, f- and a four to three final. Like, couldn't have drawn it up any better. And thank you, umpire, for not ruining our afternoon. Um, Matt Miles Mastroboni, the third baseman of the future, he uh, hit a home run, which nobody saw coming either. It, probably Miles Mastroboni neither. Well, he, you know. To be fair, he's probably been very embarrassed ever since Madrigal hit that homer and has been rubbing it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alfie Campos over here looks like getting a little upset. Morrell is best at second base. Look, you're not wrong. That might be a better position for him, but he's not better than Nico Horner at second base. So he needs a position, and... The thing is, he's played third base most of his life. And I don't understand, like, because, again, I was making the joke about Patrick Wisdom because Patrick Wisdom was not good at third base when he started. And some people will tell you he's still not. Uh, But he's gotten better. And when you hit the way that Morrell hits, then you usually get a little bit of a pass on your defensive skills. But... As Alfie is saying, you're not wrong. He's good at second base. He is also fairly good in the outfield. And he's fairly good at all the different things that he does. I literally don't care where you put him. Just put him somewhere and freaking leave him there so he can stop thinking about it. That's exactly what I was about to say. You read my mind. You got to put him somewhere. Don't just keep moving him around. He's got to go somewhere. And since this team has no third baseman. They absolutely do not have a third baseman. Why not put him there? Uh, well, Bill Suga says because he blows compared to the current wisdom at third. And okay, but wisdom I, I, is old and bad and not getting better and does and not do consistently. Two and a half years to fucking practice there. Well, and, and wisdom also, he hasn't been nails over there either. I mean, the fact is the Cubs, you know, Morel would be best on it. All those guys, Mastroboni, Madrigal, Morel, probably not Wisdom, uh, but, you know, I'm all those Morel's the best we've got for that position at the moment. I would like to see him run him out there more, but I'm afraid I'm, and, uh, Madrigal just had a little bit of a setback. He had, like, lower body fatigue. I'm like, I got that. Yeah. I've had that since I was about 38. <laughs> no, Danny, of course he has lower body fatigue. Every time he catches a ball, he's got to run like halfway to first base if he wants to make the throw. His lower body is getting beat down. He is so tired from doing And he's that. got tiny little legs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it's he's got to take four times as many steps as Christopher Morrell to cover the same distance. So yeah, I have, we, we I, keep making fun of the five steps, but really that's just a crow hop for anyone else. Yeah, Nikki, five <laughs> steps. Uh, but so IFG for this game though, the Friday game, you have to kind of settle a bit of an argument because Michael and I, in a miscommunication, both recorded a Cubs pod for this game, mm-hmm. and it's uh-huh. like it's like we are watching two different baseball games because yeah. to me, not, 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 <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I'm at the game. So, I mean, yes. and so there's that difference, too, is that I'm watching the game and I'm all I'm seeing in the upper deck is steel strikeout nine. And I'm like, 
He had a, got into a little trouble in a couple of the innings, but I'm like, dude, he's nails. Meanwhile, and I'm like, and so on the on the Cubs pod, I'm saying Steele is back. He had that little hiccup after the All Star break. He's good. Meanwhile, Michael's like, shouldn't have gone out there for the seventh. He's no, like, and, I, and I still <laughs> believe he shouldn't have gone out there for the was, seventh. He was out of gas. He didn't look good. He was he was you know. I was really game. surprised when I listened to yours. Well, first off, I was really surprised when I posted mine. You already had one there. <laughs> Early bird gets the worm, baby. And so... Uh, the group chat was really interesting. I was watching and laughing along. Okay, so... <laughs> IFG, what do you think? Was Steel good or was he bad? Or was he somewhere in the middle and we now see our biases against Steel? Or I, I for think, Steel? I think- I think we're definitely seeing our biases here. And also, I think it has a lot to do with your differing perspectives. Um, At the game, you're definitely not, you know, seeing the camera shoved up in his face like Cotton was. And I think he was a little bit on the fatigued side. But I, you know, I'm usually of the belief that you let the pitcher take himself out of the game. You know, like it was, I don't, I don't have a problem with him being sent up the seventh inning yeah nine strikeouts so it's still not bad though like well to be fair though danny i mean it's really good in fact one of those strikeouts was in the first inning and goldschmidt just swung it garbage and got a strikeout it was a wild pitch got away from amaya and goldschmidt made it to first base so you were talking about he had three innings where he had a one two three Technically, that was a one-two-three because Arenado then hit into a double play, but it was like I don't know. After I listened to your uh, podcast, I went back, I started watching the game, and I wanted to see like what what was I seeing because I was kind of at work but watching the game at the same time, and I kept seeing guys on base all the time, and so that's what made me sort of think that like he wasn't super sharp. And, um, I mean, in the second inning, he gave up three hits and a walk. It's amazing that they only gave up one run in that. It really was, I think, after going back and seeing it in the second time, he was effectively wild. That's what it felt like. Like, everything he was throwing in there, it wasn't, like, great. But every hit sucked. Nobody got good contact on him. And because he threw the wild pitch because he like he hit Jordan Walker in the uh, sixth inning. Like he wasn't, he didn't have everything that he needed to have. Right. And to his credit, it worked for him and he got out of it. Yeah. No, I think that it, it completely changed my perspective because I watched this game from the upper deck and I'm just being like, yeah, strikeout, high five, double play. Woo. You know? So I'm just like, this game went great for steel. Um, the other uh, shout out to Seiya Suzuki, who basically saved the game with an amazing catch in right field as well. Um, that was, I that mean, was really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it is because that was some vintage Seiya right there. I loved it. Yeah, it looked really good. I think he's getting used to things out there. And then in the next, the next two games, um, Cubs won eight to six in like, well, it rained and it was delayed, and then it, and then the Cubs were winning, and then it rained again, and this was the Fulmer opener. Smiley was bad, and then, you know. It, Here's another uh, a pitcher win stat. Daniel Palencia came in for 0.1 innings and got the win. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, Cubs had 15 hits, 
but no home runs and all RBIs were on singles and outs. That is the same as that 17 run onslaught when they just did it without the benefit of the long ball. And it's nice to see Miles Michaelis and his stupid looking mustache suck. His his mustache is way worse than Patrick Wisdom's, yeah. and I hate Patrick Wisdom's. And then uh, in the last game, uh, you had basically Bellinger carry the team. Uh, Cubs went up three to nothing on his home run, which uh, in the first inning that happened after an error. So we got a little lucky there um, and that he was able to hit with somebody on or even hitting that inning at all because it yeah. would have been the third out. And then uh, he hit a sack fly. And then in the bottom of the third, the Cubs scored five, stringing together a bunch of singles and doubles. And then um, they didn't score again the rest of the game. And that's another thing we've seen where they'll go up big early and then we're like, okay, we're good. <laughs> you know? Oh, so. yeah. I, uh, whatever game that was that they won four to three was just a nail biter. Like they, they scored those four runs in like the second or third inning. And then, or is that the one we're talking about right now? No, get, we were talking about eight six. Yeah, no, in the, in, in, seven, the, in the seven to two game. Yeah, in, yeah. This, in the last game on Sunday, yesterday. Yeah, they just scored all early and then they stopped. And then it was good because Tyone was fine. He only gave up the one run, and um, so it was fine. But you know, bullpen has had a good week. Also, like I mean, outside of maybe some Rucker issues or whatever, like or the how do you how do you handle a Fulmer opener? Like, is that still, I mean, I guess it's still bullpen. It feels weird, though, when he started the game to add that on the bullpen. But I guess you have to. That's the only place it can go, right? I, I, to be still honest. Still counts as the starter. Yeah. And it also, like, doesn't. I don't, but he doesn't qualify for any sort of a, a win or a loss or anything. I mean, neither would Marcus Stroman if he came out of the game after two innings. So. Yeah, which which he pretty much did during his start this week. It he was did. not good. Yeah. yeah, Cardinals just rough him up. He does not match up well against the Cardinals. He he gets his butt kicked by him. Um, well, I, so, somebody in the uh, somebody there in the chat asked like, what is going on with? Marcus Stroman in the Cardinals because he is terrible against him. It's like you shouldn't even start him against him. <laughs> like, how is Ross GPT, who looks at uh, Barnhart having like half a good game against one person as cause to start him whenever he gets an opportunity, not saying just skip Stroman completely when the Cardinals come to town? What I thought I saw a tweet the other day when somebody questioned Barnhart starting and somebody with a straight face, I believe, said, oh, the Cubs are definitely trying to showcase him. <laughs> I'm like, showcase him for, for what? <laughs> <laughs> a, t- a team that's looking to get their season over faster <laughs> like, <laughs> to make the outs a little quicker. <laughs> no, really. Your pitching staff could fix this one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, like that, like that meme, about. like that meme of a of that record player sitting by the side of the road that says "broken but could be fun to fix." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, we we've got quite a few of those players, but we'll get into them when we start talking about some of the the trade. Not really rumors. I hate trade rumors, so we're not really, really going to get into this. But in the second part of the show, I do want to talk about Pat Hughes getting 
uh, elected into the Hall of Fame this weekend. And we'll talk a little bit about the idea of some trades. And we also have some crazy baseball we want to show you for fun. But uh, in the meantime, we're just going to take a quick break for hey, our- hold, hold on. Let me get my poem in. Oh, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll do the poem and then we'll take the break. What, what's interesting about this that people don't realize is behind the scenes, Danny always like reaches out to me. Do we have poems? And I'm always like, yeah. And then Danny never remembers them during the show. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> it's just so funny that you always ask me about them and you're like, yeah, but fuck you. I'm. <laughs> it's like Lucy. In the football. Yeah. <laughs> Read your damn poem, Cotton. <laughs> Quit stalling. Bleachers buzzing feels the rivalry is real. Cardinals wanted blood at Wrigley Field. The Cubs held at the friendly confines. St. Toothless beat between the lines. Game one lost, but the true cost fell to the Devil Birds high on their cross. Hung for all to hate, losing three straight, struggling ahead of Pirates in last place. Jed is still wrong, but the fans sang the song. For the Cubs, we love finishing strong. Against bad pitchers, belly itchers, red-shirted, whiny little bitchers. They can take that back down the river. Dude, that was your maybe your best poem of all time. It really <laughs> Aren't you glad I fucking brought it up? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so for that, you should become a Patreon subscriber. Um, here's a commercial. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Rancher levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Welcome back to the Sun Ranto Show. If you are a Patreon member, you will be uh, invited after the show to come hang out with us. And you know what I'd like to talk about tonight is maybe uh, some trade ideas. Like I, I know that a lot of guy, a lot of you guys are uh, into that sort of thing and putting together trade ideas. I start to do that, and my eyes glaze over because I go on too many rabbit holes. I'm like, well, who's the top prospect in the royal system? And I'm like. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just spent an hour looking up the Royals top 100. Like, 
And so, anyway, somebody else should do I, that. I would like to propose Shohei Otani for Trey Mancini and $600 in Dave & Buster's coupons. <laughs> Done. Um, not, not gift certificates. Coupons. <laughs> what, like, uh, it, for We're not like, swimming in money here. Double points Wednesday or nope. something like that. Okay, but, so you know what? Uh, Jose Abreu has... Eight home runs this year. He is hitting 243, 292, 350. That's only a 642 OPS. Yeah, he uh, yeah it, it's not good. But yeah. honestly, well, I don't I'll, know. That, that might play in Wrigley. Let's <laughs> let's get to the trades in a moment. I think the more important story, at least right now to me, is the more immediate thing. Next Sunday night will be the trade deadline, pretty much. And, you know, the, the Cubs <laughs> will still be on that buyer-seller cusp. And who knows what will – we might have a completely different team by the next show, in fact. But um, I just want to talk about – and we don't have to talk about it long, but Pat Hughes getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I – rarely feel a way about a lot of things. And um, this is something I, I, I actually felt a way about. And I've been to the Hall of Fame before, and I was a little bit of surprised. I went with my friend Brian, and many of you who have watched this show know about him, and I, he's the Pirates fan friend that comes on and talk about Pirates the Musician. And um, we both welled up standing in front of plaques, like standing in front of Andre Dawson's plaque. I was like, yeah. He felt enshrined, and I never have that feeling of, like, my hero enshrined there. And Pat Hughes, even more than Andre Dawson, has had such a direct influence on my life. Absolutely. And very specifically, when I started getting back into Cubs baseball was right around Bartman time, 2003. Like, the 90s, I really didn't pay that much attention to the team. And then... um you know, finding Pat Hughes and then he was with Ron Santo for years. And I think about when uh, I had three dogs and I lived in upper Manhattan and I was in a bad marriage and uh, it was not, I mean, I'm not going to go into why it was bad. We'll, we'll do that on the post show. If it, <laughs> for the Patreon members, you could hear why I fucked up my marriage or, and, or why we fucked it up together. But, um, no, it's, uh, you know, I would go for these walks with the dogs and it would be, you know, nighttime in New York and I'd be walking around the park with the dogs and I didn't want to go home, you know, because it, it wasn't going to be good there. You know, there was bad blood. And so I would walk around with Pat Hughes and Ron Santo just entertaining me all summer long. And I'm sure my ex-wife was pretty happy I was out of the house, too, you know, just like, you know, you know, these periods of time. And I just and then even after we broke up. The Cubs and Pat in my ear was just so soothing and healing to me. And it's made me romanticize the Cubs to the point where I moved back to Chicago. And there are multiple reasons why I moved back to Chicago. But me getting back into the Cubs was a huge part of it because when I needed to heal personally from a lot of crap that went on in my life, the Cubs were some sort of home to me. And uh, it made all the difference in the world f to have them in my life. And Pat Hughes was one of the biggest parts of that to me. And so when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm going in there with him in a way because like and I know a lot of us feel that way because he feels like family to us. And um, 
there's just no better broadcaster to me. And I, I don't, I was thinking about this, like when Pat's gone, I don't know that I'm a Cubs fan anymore. Like, I don't know if I could handle that situation. You know what I mean? Like now what? Like, and the new broadcaster, Zach Zaidman, did you're like, if they do anything like they did with Boog, like I'm totally screwed. Like, you know, well, un- unless they move Shambi from TV to radio, you might still be in because he's actually good on the radio. He just sucks on the TV. True. So anyway, that's just all I want to say about Pat Hughes is congratulations to him. And I wanted to point out that if you have the Odyssey app, I think that's that's how I found it. There might be other ways to find it. But there's a call to the hall special that they produced. And I'll say something nice about Zach Zaidman. I think he produced a lot of this because he's kind of all over it. I don't know what his role was, but just having produced things like this, it felt like Zach Zaidman might have been involved with the production of it. I'm not sure about that, but either way, they did a real nice job. There's interviews with uh, Bob Costas and John Miller, who's like the San Francisco Giants longtime broadcaster. And just it's great. Um, check it out. I, I They have some stuff of uh, Ronnie and Pat on there and uh, some some great, um, incredible stories of like. Um, I don't know if they tell the story about when Ron. Santos toupee caught fire. Um, How do they not tell that story? Yeah, I, they, I, I don't know if it was on that <laughs> particular one, but they're just so many great memories. And like they were like, you know, people are, are mentioning the chat now, great tribute and stuff. Thanks. Um, and you know, but it's like they are like the sound of summer, and that's what they 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 said on this show. That's like, how many times do we hear a year? You are the soundtrack of our summer, mm-hmm. and like. You know, back I, mean, I, can't, I can't go to a baseball game. It doesn't matter where it is, where, you know, I sit down and at the opening of the game, I hear Pat's voice in my head describing the field in front of me and the colors of the players' uniforms and what the sky looks like. And it is, it's so much a part of my baseball experience that even when he's not there, I hear his voice describing the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and for people who are uh, listening or what, or even if you're watching, like Danny said, you can find that on the Odyssey app. That is A U D A C Y, not O D Y S S E Y. Odyssey, like yeah, it's yeah. not Odyssey. It's Odyssey. 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 It's um, not dun 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 dun. dun. It's dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Under pressure. No, no, no. Ice, ice, baby. Well, now, 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 now we're the ones uh, uh, committing the. Uh, that, I'm, I'm just really glad you guys picked up on a very obscure 1990s reference. Yeah. So uh, we're old, Cotton. So <laughs> I know, but even that was that was pretty obscure, just across the board. So, so um. You know, Cubs, I wouldn't trade Pat Hughes for anything, but the Cubs are certainly going to try to either buy or sell. They're right on the cusp. Will they trade somebody? Um, Stroman, Belly. Um, First, I'd like to ask you guys. uh, I I thought it was interesting. I I listened to Dave, the recap podcast with David Kaplan. And uh, Gordon Wittmeyer, who's on that show, said, uh, he goes, hey, I think that 
it's already been decided. This team is sellers. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, this was right after the Washington loss that they recorded. Does anything, I don't know if it will change for Gordo, but does anything change for you because of this? I don't know if you were into, I don't think we talked about it. Like, should the Cubs buy it? Should the Cubs sell? I think we, I was personally like, they are sellers. It is a done deal. Does anything about this week change your mind? IFG, do you think that, what do you think? Are you asking me what they should do or are you asking me what I think they will do? Both. Both, yeah. Okay. Well, what they should do is give Cody Bellinger a lot of money and give Marcus Stroman a lot of money and tell them both to stay right the fuck where they are. And then they should add more things maybe in the off season after we figure out what things look like. I say, hold Pat, give the two players that you know are actually really good, a bunch of money to stay here and then add more in the off season and make a really good run for next year. Um, That's, that's if you're trying to like play fun baseball and be a good baseball team. What I think they're probably going to do is flip Cody Bellinger for a bucket of potato chips I absolutely agree with you, IFG. The only the only issue is <clears throat> how those guys because I don't know. I don't know how much it would take for the Cubs to offer Stroman and Bellinger to stay. I mean, that's that because both of those guys, those, uh, Stroman has an opt out, right? Yeah, he does, and, and he's yeah. going to take it. Yeah, so both these guys have the opportunity to hit free agency, and I know that Strowman keeps saying that they want to be here, but I don't know. What do you? So do I think I think you offer them enough money to not leave. It's not like the Cubs organization is hurting for money. If a team that is going like a a team that makes the money that the Cubs make can absolutely pay Marcus Strowman to not go into free agency, they are simply choosing not to do that. Yeah, I well, and they are, and for what reason they are choosing not to do that, I mean, remains to be seen. They're playing their cards really close to the vest, whereas Marcus Stroman and Bellinger are not. And I know this is a tactic, and they're like, oh, we love Chicago. Deep yeah, Chicago. I, I don't, I don't, that's all whatever. Yeah. That is, that is, yes, please give me a whole bunch of money to not have to call a moving company because moving fucking sucks. <laughs> and David Elliott brings up the point I have no idea what they can sell for value. And that is the question is like, these are, I mean, we're talking rental. about the only two guys. The only two guys that they can sell for value are them. And because they're rentals, you don't know, like you say, you don't know how much you can get for them. And I personally am uh, along the lines of IFG. I think she's right. I'm going to interrupt here. This is Terry E across the screen here saying Scott Boris is not going to let Bellinger not go to free agency. Scott Boris works for Cody Bellinger. And, and if Boris Cody Bellinger signed. says, I want to take the offer and stay, then Scott Boris says, yes, sir, I'll take my 10%, please. Right. And, and, he, and Boris has had a few guys sign, right, and, and extend with people. Not a lot of them, but a few. Well, and So it's not completely out of the question. If, and, if the Cubs can outbid the goddamn Kansas City Royals, then they deserve to lose both players. 
And there are examples of both uh, guys signing that were Boris clients. John Pickett points out Altuve signed an extension. And then yep. there was, a, and then there's the other idea that has happened uh, rarely as well, which is you do trade somebody and then they sign back with your team. That is more, I think just as rare. You don't see it a lot. Um, I, I guess my, my question is this, there is a third way is that if you're not going to get much, for these guys. And I think that they might be going into this trade deadline, not as buyers and sell or sellers, but both or buyers and sellers. And that if there's a deal on the table that they like, that fits their system, they'll take it. And if not, they might even just be like, okay, let's, you know, let's bring up a minor league guy and see if that'll jolt our system. And, you know, we'll get some bullpen help, or maybe they do like just kind of a soft reset and not a reset, but like just a, a soft buy and they just get a little bit of help uh, for the bullpen or something like that to, you know, elongate it. And, um, or maybe they don't even need that. Maybe you, you just play the minor league guys, or maybe the team just that they put together in the first place that thinks that can play to its freaking pathag and actually take the division how it is. Like if Bellinger keeps hitting like this and he remains a cub and you didn't get a good offer for him, what's the point of getting another freaking Bryce ball out of the deal that you're just going to release a, a month that that was the return for Jock Peterson, by the way, um, mm-hmm. you know, they just released him. So what's the point of that? You know, yeah. if you, and set yourself a market. Don't be a chump. Don't trade Stroman for peanuts. Just ride it out. If you can't resign him, if you can't come to a deal, just write out the season. Like they did with Contreras last year, who they tried to trade. Couldn't Hap was on the bubble. Instead, they extended him. You know, they didn't do shit last year and I could see them not doing shit this year. And everybody will be even more disappointed because it's boring. Yeah, no, it's really frustrating. And I think, I think the big thing that people forget and people don't get, and they just, you know, because we're focused on the team. And we're focused on, like, how do we make this team better or what are they going to do with this team or whatever. We keep forgetting that the true rebuild needs to happen in the front office. That's where the problems are. This team, as Danny said, is playing well below their Pythag. They actually could be good. There are players in the minors that could help this team. They're not playing well. And they're losing... What do they keep saying? They're losing around the margins. Well, margins is just another word for management. Because if your players are struggling because they just keep getting, you know, one arm tied behind their back and they're doing their best to win games and you can see it in their stats, right? You can see it in their stats that they're actually better than their record says they are. But when your management continually keeps doing things to kind of slow your progress because of whatever reason, whether either, either they're just that dumb or they're actually trying to stop this team from winning one or the other, they have to go because of it. So can we trade David Ross for Craig council or something? (laughs) I mean, like, well, I mean, did they <laughs> trade? And some cash considerations? I, I, I don't know. I feel like Terry Francona got traded, or who got traded? 
Like, One yeah, of the, I know I saw I, there was a manager that got traded, and I think when Jed came to the Cubs, I think the Cubs had to give up some prospects. I think there was something in that, like. I I, I definitely want cash considerations. I definitely want cash considerations on the My team. My favorite college pitcher, right there, cash considerations. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's they really do find themselves in a weird spot, and like I see some of the trade rumor stuff coming out, like. Bleacher Nation had a thing today, and I know that this is what they trade in. Like, okay, it's trade season, so let's every day let's at least have three articles about guys that maybe we could get. And today it was C.J. Crone, first baseman for the Colorado Rockies. Got some pop, been hurt this year. You know, I don't know. I'll, let me put up his numbers so everybody can see what we're looking at. Uh, this year, he uh, because of the injury, he has only played in 53 of the games, but he has 11 home runs in those games. Uh 97 OPS plus now in the past, like he's hit 31 home runs, like in 2021, for example, he's got a, quite a bit of pop. He, you know, but I have, I struggle and I'm going to keep these numbers up here for, for everybody to kind of look at. He's going to be 34. I struggle to see how this guy particularly helps the Cubs. He's a, like a two fifty hitter who like he's 34. He's, it's just i mean it's like i'd rather keep cody bellinger just give cody bellinger money we can print money and sign cody bellinger i am so sick and tired as a cubs fan as a fan of the third biggest market team in all of baseball not being able to keep the good players that we like can we not for five goddamn minutes just enjoy the players that are already on the fucking team yeah, and and you know Cody I'm Bellinger, hundred percent. Cody Bellinger fills a couple of needs for you that you you have now. PCA center fielder, absolutely. And he's and he's on. But he's way. not ready yet. Let the baby cook. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he could. I think that if you do, if you do the selling right now, you will possibly see PCA this year. In center field. You might, you may see it. I don't think it'll be a long time. I think they'll just give him a taste or something like that. I don't know if they even want to start the clock. They don't have to, especially in a season that they already punted. If they sell, they're punting. You might not want to start the clock on a guy like that. But they'd be giving him that position next year. The last time they did that, his name was Albert Almora. Yeah. And, and they got rid of listen, Dexter Fowler to do it. And if you mm-hmm. listen to Cup of Cubby Blue, a show that Danny does with Sarah Sanchez. Those guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Sarah brought up that PCA is not the the peripherals. The the numbers don't actually show uh, what everybody's hoping he's going to be. Good player, not a superstar, that type of thing. Because he's uh, he's he's not grading out right now as a guy like a, a Rizzo and a Bryant did back in the day. Like, so, you know, it's one of those things we get excited about these guys because they're the best in our system. But when you get them up, they may not be the best, like well, an actual good player in baseball. Well, I mean, PCA, I mean, he's pretty highly rated overall, but we'll get to that. Cause I, at the end of the show, I want to talk about whether the, the Cubs draft well, um, because uh, they don't. All, yeah, they Surprise. don't <laughs> spoiler alert. No, <laughs> the answer is no, but, um, Alfie, and I want to get this comment in here. Uh, Alfie says he is not signing an extension. If we get something for him, we should. This team is not doing anything this year. And the, 
the you're not is, getting dick for him. Yeah, if I you don't, sign him, you're not getting anything. I you're get, I you're getting were, a lottery ticket. The the return would should be better. Scratch off. The return <laughs> should be better. The return should be a little bit better, I think, than for Jock Peterson. But I don't think that I, they don't give a lot for rentals these days. It's just that ship has sailed. Everybody knows it's a dumb idea, and I would be surprised if they got more than yeah, like you said, some lottery tickets. Um, okay, this, so Alfie Campo Cam, Campos says that PCA is number seven yeah, in MIT. No, I was going to bring that up later because the, okay. it's actually in the notes for, for later. But I don't know. I'm just listening to Cup of Cubby Blue. and But like you said, those two are idiots, I guess. They don't know what they're talking about. And by the way, <laughs> only one of the hosts said that, not the other one. So, um, Well, but, that, that host tends to know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, I got it, but... I guess overall, I'm just wondering about this trade situation in in this way. I don't. I I see places where the Cubs can improve their team. I I do like you know, but there's no obviously glaring holes on the team that it feels like if you plugged that hole up, you're an automatic contender you're gonna go streaking and and there's no way you could lose like we're well, certainly other- not if you're buying your pieces with the change you're finding in the fucking couch cushions <laughs> exactly well <laughs> right. i mean you could empty the f- i mean here's the question though all right let's take the extreme situation they empty the farm send it all to the angels to get yourself some otani is that even enough to make the playoffs in two months no and is he going to sign here long term? God fucking not. Not a not a chance <laughs> not if, in hell. Not if the whole farm system's gone. No, he they- won't. He he won't <laughs> sign with the Cubs. That's just a pipe dream because the Cubs had the Cubs front office and management been good at this, they should be at a position right now that it would look good for Otani. He would be the piece that they needed, but they have messed this up so badly that we are sitting here talking about i mean we are literally rearranging the chairs on the titanic nothing is saving this team this team is done for this year all we can do is hope that they beat the cardinals next week like that's we just like like the best case scenario is we lose in the wild card Couple no, Chapman is not even with Casey anymore. Yeah, He's he with went, the Rangers. Yeah, I was just going to answer that question. Yeah, for Mr. Fourth Row wrote in, can we get Chapman from Casey? We cannot because he already got got gotten and um, by a team that's contending. The, the, the most interesting team, teams, I should say, uh, that are carrying huge payrolls to me that might be looking to dump some salary to sort of reset themselves because they're not doing well are the Padres and the Mets. And I, and I'm I'm curious about what their little sister. I mean, sure, go get Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I, I, they, <laughs> they just so impulsively bought both those teams that I can see them impulsively selling. You know, be like, all right, empty it out. We're gonna try. Well, a I mean, if way. you're gonna if you're gonna pay Juan Soto, why not just pay Cody Bellinger? He's already here. 
So Alfie writes in, and this I'll make this the last word because I want to get to some crazy baseball and uh, and the draft stuff. But and then we'll talk all about trades um, on the Discord. So if you would subscribe to us at Patreon.com/slash/SunRancher, you could be part of that conversation. But I, I want to bring this up, and I want everybody to think about it. Alfie says we need a third baseman, a first baseman, number four and number five starters, seventh and eighth inning relievers. Now I can see what you're saying. But I'm saying we have those guys. We could just use better guys than what we have there. So, I mean, it's more of like an upgrade. We have passable options at all those places. They just either need to play better and get on some sort of streak or, you know, like seventh, eighth inning relievers. Well, Merriweather was doing great till he wasn't. Fulmer actually was doing pretty good until they like made him a starter started <laughs> you know like you know four and five well you know smiley was was good until tyone got good and then smiley got bad so like well, i don't here, know what here's my him, issue so. with the four and five starters the truth is we have four and five starters what we don't have is a true an one and two we've got two guys at one and two right now who are having really good seasons they are having really good seasons and I think you can bet on Strowman. I don't know if you can bet on Steele. I hope you can. And luckily, he doesn't cost anything to just keep riding it and see. But Strowman, you do actually have to put some money in if you want it. And I would be worth doing it. But in a perfect world, Strowman's your number two. Uh, Steele's your number three. Hendricks is your number four. And... Smiley, Tyone, yeah, you can whoever is your number five. five. Yeah. yeah. That's why Otani, you might you might make the difference on the season. Just save 20, every season sacred. Let's the Chicago go. Cubs have never signed a $100 million contract. They're certainly not signing a $600 million. Well, no, million. they've signed $100 million. I mean, Hayward was like 170 or something like that. One, he was 184, but that's over yeah. the life of the thing. And, and Otani's going to be getting... 50 plus yeah per year yeah. so well let's move on and we'll talk about trades more later um so uh we're gonna do a little bit called crazy baseball because ifg said she had a few things but here's the theme song crazy baseball crazy baseball <laughs> not about that damn theme song <laughs> Lord. it's something <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. The, the Cubs just haven't been a whole lot of fun for me lately, so I'm finding fun elsewhere. And there is fun baseball happening in the world. So much of it. And it's happening in lots of places and just not so much in MLB. Um, so I have uh, three clips here that I wanted to share with y'all, just things that have made me smile this week. And awesome. um, so this first one that I ran into is uh, it's kind of a silent clip. I, I took it from uh, at GoCPBL on Twitter, and it is uh, it's a lovely little thing that the CTBC brothers in the CPBL in Taiwan do every year in the middle of the summer where it's super duper hot. They let everybody in the um, everybody in the stands bring their super soakers. So here you go. <laughs> oh my god! So here you have the cheerleaders, and oh they are. Along with everybody in the Taichung crowd, just 
having a ball, getting soaking wet. It's a blast every season. I want to do that in the bleachers, but with Malort. Yes. That is, that's literally, that's a, that's a 1980s movie that got canceled four years ago. Like, oh, I want to watch that. that is, it's just cheerleaders these. with super soakers and uh, kids in the crowd, just the entire <laughs> crowd, everybody ignoring the baseball game and just enjoying getting soaking wet in the hot sun. They do look like they're having fun. And honestly, that would be fun to do in the bleachers. Just have uh, super soakers, except for there'd be that one jerk off that's like, "You got my my New Jersey wet." Yeah, yeah. See those guys just it, no. And then they somebody need would to stay slip. home that day, or they're gonna get annihilated. <laughs> somebody slip on the stairs, and then they fall down all the way into the basket. And uh, while they were laying there, somebody dunk them with more water. Yeah. <laughs> It'd we be could, hilarious. We could never have that day in the United States. We were just way too litigious. Yeah. So okay. what else you got? A uh, quick little scene from the uh, NPB All-Star game. They do a couple of All-Star games. So this is from one of the games. And here you can see um, just an awful, awful, grueling disgusting scene where somebody charged the mound. Here we go. And here we have the Hiroshima Cart pitcher. Nails it. It flies so far away. Charges the mound. (laughs) Dude dude tries to bunt in an all-star game and the pitcher buzzes the towel. Not really. It's like, (laughs) that's great. Sugimoto comes out and gives him a big old hug, and it's that, so. So that's in the All Star game that that happens. Yeah. So you got. So do you think it was on purpose? Like he, he looked like he threw right at his face. I'm like, wow. Like, I, I like, don't bunt. <laughs> this is not the time for bunting. <laughs> and then this is they, the All Star game. We're not bunting. But yeah. actually, I do believe they do bunt over there. Don't they have a bunting so skills competition? Bunting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes uh, they do in the KBO too um, for All Star Week. They'll have a have a bunt competition. Um, CPBL All Star Week is coming up, or uh, All Star Games are coming up this weekend. And uh, I question will, in the chat. Yeah, David Elliott says question for the Discord chat. How do they determine All Stars in NPB? So we will talk about that in uh, in the Discord. So you guys are going to research that. I know how they're chosen in CPBL, but I do not know how they're chosen in NPB. Well, how are they chosen in CPBL? Um, well, they do uh, they do a vote in. Okay. Um, and by who? Part who of it is is vote in. The votes are given one third of the weight. Um, so that's how that goes. Um, but their all star games in the CPBL are always sort of themed. So this year it's going to be the voted in all star team versus the under 24 team Taiwan. Um, oh, so that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Yeah. So the theme is different every year. Sometimes it's like old guys versus young guys or, you know, whatever. Um, that would actually so- be, <laughs> I would love to see the veterans this, versus this is the what rookies. I want now. I want, yeah. The American League All-Stars versus the American League AAA All-Stars or the American Absolutely. League Minor League All-Stars, you know? And then and then you get to have two games. Then you can do a National League one of the same. Yeah. And awesome. then have the winners 
go to against each other. That would be hysterical. I yeah. would love to watch that. Take notes, MLB. Okay, I have one more clip, um, and this is from our favorite fun team in the United States, the Savannah Bananas. Um, and sometimes they will, in-game, you know, when they're playing banana ball, they'll do these great, like, trick shots. So if you follow them on TikTok, and if you're on TikTok, I really recommend following the Savannah Bananas and the Party uh, party Animals. That's their, like, alternate team. Um, that's, like, monkey That's their team generals. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend following them on TikTok and, and you'll see they'll do like little TikTok dances that end in a pitch. But this one, this is a great trick shot. Uh, keep an eye on the center fielder here. Hold on. Here comes DR Meadows racing in from center. He hops Danny Hosley and gets a strike in there. Swan pops it up. Bill Leroy throws away his glove. DR's got it. <laughs> the center fielder catches it behind home plate in foul territory. DR Meadows, are you kidding me? That's amazing. I love it. So the center, I mean, I could describe it. The center fielder ran in, jumped over the pitcher, grabbed the ball, pitched the pitch. The hitter hit the ball, popped it up, and then the center fielder caught it in foul territory in front of the visitor's dugout. And you know you have to score that as foul fly out to eight. However, you put your foul ball fly out to eight, like, or or is it looks at that later is like, how did a foul ball go (laughs) to the center fielder? Uh, yeah, John Pickett said eight under uh, eight unassisted. (laughs) (laughs) I love it because, like, he's up in midair, he's like, you know, 12 feet above the ground and throws that shit in for a strike. It was hysterical. I want to see them, pops it up. I want to see him. I, I'm hoping that more team. There's more teams than the Savannah Bananas. That there'll be more of that going on. That people will see the success of that and make their own acrobatic baseball teams. And it won't just be one off. That we'll get different regional versions of them, because there's a lot of great baseball players that have senses of humor that aren't going to make the major leagues and can still play at a high enough level and have extra skills like gymnastics it's like the nba uh the old mixtape right so back in the early 2000s you know there were street ball guys that did mixtapes and they would just video themselves doing this but then they started to play actual like games and stuff and people would go mm-hmm. and watch them you know those were really cool doing I keep uh, saying it's like the baseball version of the harlem globe trotters yeah. yeah definitely who fergie jenkins by the way played for just a little aside Fergie yeah. had a little time with the the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay, well, it's time for another quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the draft, uh, briefly about We're not – none of us are experts on the draft, but we'll tell you who to listen to uh, about the draft because it's certainly not us. So uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break for sunrancher.com slash shopping where you should be buying all your gear. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. 
But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby say a morel too. Clark Fly in his double U. Cody Bellinger smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your stroke. Temper set off with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. Intheclutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. And I'm wearing my In The Clutch Cody Bellinger 420 smoke them at the Leave your name. Leave your number. <laughs> moo and oik moo 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 and oik I think about it every time by the way uh we should remind people that you know if you get five people to join the sunranto patreon i will buy you one of those shirts or i'll buy you a, a, an obvious shirt or something in that you Any know that you general want. price range of shirts we have sunranto shirts too i will you buy you that if you Chris? $20 bill in the mail for you. Whatever works for you. Oh, I'll do that too. <laughs> I'll drop so, a 20 in. I'll write a message of hope and doom on it. I do have one more kind of commercial to give you guys, but it's uh, normally we, we I, right there. I would play a commercial for the Cubs PS plus podcast for Mike Waller's show. And uh, I figured I'd just do it live, kind of, because I listened to the last show with Greg Zumach. Zumach? I don't know how to say it. C-H at the end of that one. Uh, I think it's Zumach. Anyway, um, he... They call him Poison Zumach in the, <laughs> in the biker gang that he's a part of. So I'm dropping a link in the chat for uh, the Cubs PS Plus podcast because it was great. That conversation with Greg, he's super into the minor leagues. So and he's and he really understands uh, and has researched all of the draft picks for really all the teams. I mean, he he's doing mock drafts. He's doing all this stuff. He's the expert on this stuff. You should listen to him. And that was a great conversation with Mike Waller. Zumak and Mike Waller. And I'm going to second that opinion. That was a great uh, conversation. I went for a run the other day. I ran four miles listening to those two chatting yeah it was like a, a whole hour on the draft hour 15 or something like that it was great um so i thought it would be fun well not fun just uh maybe enlightening because the thing i kept hearing everybody say during this whole draft thing 
was, well, you know, we'll know about these guys in five years. You know, well, a couple, they're a couple of years away and then we'll see what we got, you know, and maybe they'll be coming up. So I thought it'd be fun to look at the last five years and see what we got and how it worked out so far. And, um, first and foremost, and I don't, that's not going to come as a surprise to anybody, uh, but there's not a lot of guys that the Cubs actually drafted in this draft that we just saw that are currently on the team. Not many at all. Um, you, you got the international signings like your Amayas and your Morels and stuff. But from this draft that we just saw, there's very few players. There's Nico Horner, uh, who was a first-round draft pick. Ian Happ, who's also who, a first-round draft pick. Well, and and let's remember, they did they wanted, and I believe this is Jed wanted, Nico Horner to go back to AAA so goddamn bad. He just never it never worked out that he could send him back to AAA, uh, and Nico Horner was absolutely available and ready to play uh, as soon as he got up to the major leagues for the eight people who died in front of him. Yeah. No, they lost every short stuff they had. Nico had to play. Um, And then the other guys that have the Cubs drafted that have made the, the major leagues is, um, and have played this year, Jared Young, 15th round, 15th in 2017. Um, And then you you see how much they like him. Yeah, and then the fifth, they do like him. They brought him up. Fifth round. Well, right, but then they stopped playing him. And they well, just made him sit. Well, well, this is what I would say. Let me give true, you all. But they sat him you, on the bench forever. Let me give you all the guys, and okay. then we can talk about the overview of you know how this looks and what it all means. Because in the, in the fifth round of 2017, which is a big year, a lot of the guys from 2017 have been coming up, and that was now six years ago. So fifth round, 2017, Velasquez. He's from that draft. Steele was in the Velasquez, another guy that they brought up and then sat down. Then back down. Yeah. Steele, fifth round, 2014. So he was down there a long time developing. The only starting pitcher that we've seen them develop. I know some people say Kyle Hendricks, but they didn't draft him. So I left him off the list. And uh, he was only in our system for two years. Um, Not that he was done, but, you know. This well, was, and that was a Theo era. It was also a long ass time ago. It was like 10 years ago. So it's yeah. like pretty irrelevant. So, and then you got Rucker in the 11th round of 2016, 11th. So these aren't even, none of these are even top five guys except for Velasquez at five. Um, well, and Horner and Hap, of course. So, and then, uh, then uh, you got, as far as pitchers go, you have Keegan, third round of 2017. These are all 2017. Keegan, third round of 2017, Thompson, who is injured. Uh, Hughes, uh, who's also injured in the 16th round of 2017. And then Jeremiah Estrada in the sixth round of 2017. So a lot of 2017 was a good year for Theo, not for, uh, you know, and it's, you know, I can't say it's been, it's great. Like none of those guys, Keegan, Hughes, Estrada, Velasquez, or Young are, you know, this is six years now, and, you know, they're just kind of per- periphery players is what we've got here um, overall. And then Warner and Happ are your only, like, kind of mainstays uh, out of the entire team. And so uh, you can say that so far it's not gone well. Well, and, and if you listen to the Cubs PS Plus podcast, 
uh, I can't remember, uh, Greg Zumack said the average, sort of the average for all the teams is around 20%. So that's one out of every five picks can get into the major leagues. And um, I don't know what this, I'm not great at math. I'm saying we're under 20%. <laughs> We are. I mean, are we well, counting? Are we counting guys everyone. that we drafted and raised up and let go be good for other teams? Yeah, that's another question. I mean, yeah, there's a couple ways to look yeah. at it. I was just kind of looking at who was on the Cubs currently, and you know, just overall, I would say that of those, there's no Hall of Famers there. You know, it, that oh, here here's part of the issue. And I love that Alfie Campos brought this up. Hughes was drafted as an outfielder. <laughs> okay, so this is the thing with the Cubs. They never let anybody play their own position. It's our like business. Kyle Schwarber was drafted as a catcher. Wilson Contreras was signed as a third base or as a yeah, third it? baseman. You're right. Third third baseman. Third That's right. Them. Let's it's like, switch them around. Yeah, it's like, like oh no, no. We love you so much. You're such a good ball player. What if we screw you up? Here's $12. So let's look at, uh, well, first I want to say about the 2023 draft, which you, if you want to hear about that, go listen to Greg Zumack and Mike on the Cubs PS Plus podcast. But we've signed everybody out of the top 20 except for the second pick, which is the Wilson Contreras pick. Goody. Um, Jackson Wiggins. Now we have till Tuesday, I guess. I, I think from what I read that's Isn't what Till we Tuesday got. a band from the late 80s, early it is. 90s? It is. Isn't the, that also less than 24 hours yeah, from it's, now? It, I was going to say, <laughs> and it's, it's also tomorrow. Yeah. So we've got till tomorrow. <laughs> Let's, 5 p.m. tomorrow, I'm assuming. So, 5 p.m. Eastern time or something. We'll be on Wiggins Watch all day, so make sure you follow See whether we get a lottery ticket for not signing Wilson Contreras or nothing at all. Yeah, so, so Till Tuesday... Looks like they play uh, Voices Carry. Yeah, there there was some like indie rock band from the nineties or something like that, right? What the fuck? <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Kinda. I heard you say "What the fuck." <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's like when you pop on something and something like you get a up. YouTube commercial instead yeah. of whatever you're. So. Jackson Wiggins, unsigned. He's the one with like maybe some high end wild stuff. You know, think Dylan Maples, but younger. <laughs> and uh, you know, they he had Tommy John already, so that that's finished until, of course, his second and third Tommy John. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not only does he have a bad elbow, but he's got a bad leg too. Yeah, because and, they took a tendon out of there. And I. <laughs> I understand also that Sam Armstrong, who was picked 13th, has not signed yet. Now, I think those are the only two. Um, I, you know, that we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And um, so I thought we'd. Mike Waller says if they don't sign him, they get the 69th pick next year. Seriously. Nice. <laughs> All right. I mean, nice. I, I guess I'm voting for don't sign him. Honestly, he doesn't turn me on at all. Like a wild. Well, and let okay, let let's get. I don't have any faith in the development in the Cubs system because here's the thing: it's a thing. It's a thing we do. It's these we've. It's a high end arm situation where 
it's crazy. Like they don't know where the ball's going. It's big strikeouts, big walks when they do this. Cause they, mostly they've been doing the, the high, uh, the low high risk, no, high reward high floor, high floor. They haven't been doing the high risk, high reward. They've been doing the high floor thing, but then every now and again, they get a wild hair and they take yourself, you know, uh, Jackson, what's his fuck? Um, well, Jackson Wiggins. Wiggins. Jackson Wiggins. Yeah, Jackson Wiggins. So uh, let's let's go over the last five drafts and talk a little bit about it because this is going to come back up again with the dudes that we drafted. So Maybe. Two, 2018, Nico Horner, he's on the team. That's great. It's gone great. Uh, Brennan Davis was number two that year. And I'm not going to do all the number twos, but Brennan Davis, I thought, because he was supposed to be here by now. And he was supposed to be a part of this team. Injuries, sadly, have kept him down. And I don't know what's going to happen there. We might never see him. I hope we do. Um, Then uh, in 2019, Ryan Jensen, who is now number 27 on our prospect list, which that's our prospect. (laughs) I was just going to say our prospect list. And, And here's why he's number 27 on only our prospect list is because between Tennessee and Iowa this year, he has a 588 earn run average, which isn't going to get you a promotion, I don't think, um, unless they're, you know, extenuating circumstances like injuries. But he has 61 strikeouts in 49 innings pitched, but he also has 37 walks. Yeah, you in- like that 61 and 49, but then you hear the, the 37 and you're like, oh, that's why he's got the 588. So, so far, that's kind of like that same kind of wild, effectively wild sort of honing it in pitch lab special. Um, now, 2020 did not go well at all. Well, it, yeah. I mean, Ed Howard third got of the world died or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't go well for anybody, but especially the Cubs in that little stupid five round draft which missed guys like Matt Mervis completely because that's he, that's why he didn't make this list because he didn't get drafted by anybody. He signed with the Cubs in a, in a different way. So Ed Howard got hurt. So that sucks. And he's working his way back still in South bend. Uh, and, and he's not doing well. He hasn't been able to hit down there either. Burl Caraway was number two in that, um, (laughs) in that draft. Yeah. I got a great name, by the way. Amazing. It well, it kind of <laughs> sounds like a 1950s folk singer, too. Exactly. That's what yeah. I like about it. A little bit, yeah. Like a guy that would like write like this land is your land or something like that. But um I had a quote here and I'm not finding it. Uh let me find it real quick. Um okay. actually for, well, forget so, it. It it's something about Burl Caraway not working out. <laughs> at all um and, but it was a greg zumak quote i am gonna grab it real quick because it was okay. so good and i know well in in 2021 as we all remember because i dressed as him last week jordan wicks was the number five pick uh or no he's the number five cubs prospect and uh we had james triantos number two he's in south bend right now with a 782 ops and a 10 percent k rate which Sounds amazing. Like, why isn't he moving up? Well, and I think he might be one of the guys. I, I actually have his stats 
But first, let me bring up this Burl Caraway thing. I'm gonna, I was going to bring everybody down before I built them back up with maybe some of the recent picks from the Carter Hawkins era. Burl Caraway, uh, this, this uh, pick has not worked out at all, according to Greg Zumak. He said he's battled significant lapses in control and is currently working his way back from injuries. The last chapter in the story of Burl's Caraway's career hasn't been written. He is still capable of coming back from the yips and an arm injury to still make the major leagues and contribute. I was like, oh, man, that just sounds like a lot to overcome. What's interesting is that's the exact same scouting report that's on me. (laughs) (laughs) If he could fix all that's wrong with him, he'll be great. If he just didn't suck anymore, he might have a a chance. So, but let me put up, uh, yeah, let me put up uh, Jordan Wick's numbers here so everybody can see them. Yeah, 69 strikeouts in 58.1 innings. Got a 1.1 whip at Tennessee. And uh, overall, between Tennessee and Iowa, 1.2 whip, 76.2 innings, 28 walks. It's not terrible. Uh, You'd like to see it go down. 84 strikeouts though in 76 innings like I don't maybe he will be maybe that's part of the Stroman calculation here is that there are people coming and that's in addition to the people we have heard of like the Hayden Wisniewski and I brought up his stats earlier and how he's been doing great down there in Iowa you've got Ben Brown who maybe isn't ready yet but you got him and you've got some arms down there that if one or two of them work add it to steel add it to tyone then you're piecing Assad, you know you're piecing something different together that's maybe not so terrible that's all i'm saying and then the other one is james triantos uh doing pretty well down there with his like you mentioned with the 10 percent uh k rate now he's further away south bend right so don't count yeah, on him anytime. Single a, so that's he's still got two levels to go up. And then the last one is Cade Horton. He's your number one, and he's uh, at South Bend as well. Not going great there. Four sixty, four nineteen ERA. Sorry, but he does have sixty strikeouts in forty three innings pitched, and only twelve walks. So they're just hitting him. <laughs> it seems. Giving he's up. got that. Uh, Eric Estrada straight fast ball yeah. situation going. But he was great at Myrtle Beach. Only 14 innings pitched, though, and a 1.26 ERA. So Cade Horton, um, pretty far away still, but uh, not even maybe worth even adding to this list because we don't know what they're going to be yet. And some of the other guys were kind of figuring out that they may be something or not. But I don't know. Any... I know none of us watch the minors all that much, but is there anybody that you've seen or heard about, like by even paying attention on the periphery that excites you? And if there's names in that you have out there who are watching the show right now. Yeah. I I like Luke little. Um, I remember seeing Luke little back when, I mean, I saw him on pitching ninja, I think, or flat grounds or something like before we even signed him. And, you know, this he's just a tall drink of water. He's like six foot eight, 220 or something like that. And he just throws hard. And his name is Luke uh, Little? Yeah, his yeah. name is Luke Little. I love it. It's like the perfect Viking nickname because he's huge, but his name is Little. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, Gotti's so he's like little Luke, but he's six foot eight and enormous, and he throws super duper hard. I think the first time I saw him, he was a college student throwing like a, a hundred and four or something like that on pitching ninja, and uh, and he's down at I think he's South in South Bend or something right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's in Tennessee. Or Tennessee, that's right. And he's he's striking out like. 13 guys every nine innings or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15 actually. <laughs> it's a, oh, damn. It's a, yeah. <laughs> but th- let me just give you Good some. Job, and this is, I'll, I'll disrespect the man with 13 Ks and nine. Yeah. I, and I'll give you this much too, is like in, in South Bend where he started the year, he had a 0.52 ERA and he had, 21 strikeouts in 17 innings. It's only he's only gotten better. So I'll give you his overall stats for the year, uh, where he's taken 47.2 innings. Um, only and he's actually started some games. He's been in 25 games and he started four of them. That was all at South Bend. So they made him exclusively a, a reliever in Tennessee. But he's got a 2.27 ERA on the year 47.2 innings and he's got 72 strikeouts to uh, to 30 walks so you'd like to see the walks come down but uh because he's got 5.7 walks per nine but yeah but i like a big scary lefty reliever oh yeah well and he's not he's not ready to come now but tennessee i don't know they I think they usually move the pitchers to Iowa, don't they? First, doesn't it seem like they spend some time in Iowa pitching? I feel like Iowa pitchers are sort of the in-between guys. You know, they usually get a chance to come up, and and if I'm wrong about this in chat, just let me know. They get a shot in spring training. You know what I mean? Like Double A gets a shot in spring training to jump straight to Chicago. And then the the in between guys go to Des Moines. That's my understanding of it, but I don't follow it that closely. I also wonder if different teams use it all differently, you know, or is there True. some kind of agreed upon way that we're going to do things? Because I know some leagues are known for being more hitting leagues, and others are known for being more pitching leagues. But so anyway, that's what we've got going on in the minor leagues right now from our last five. So I guess the final question is knowing that only really two regular Cubs are on, you know, are part of the current team put together somewhat by a different regime in the Theo thing. But Jed was there uh, the whole time. And uh, now you get Carter. So half of this is Carter now. Well, in the better half is Carter. I mean, that's the whole reason they hired him away from uh, the Cleveland team. And it was because he supposedly had a good eye to pick out pitchers and stuff. And the, but, here, but here's the other aspect of it is that the development system has been built this whole time. So Pitch Lab and the people that are working there and the Hadavi situation, overseeing it, and the, those systems – of development, which really is the thing that the Cubs have not been able to do is develop. Now that's a different question because there's a lot more guys to add to the list as to whether you want to say, if we are developing players, well, well, then you've got your, now you're, you're into your Amayas and you're into, you know, uh, Alzali. We developed Mm -hmm. him, you know, guys like that. So you could say they've done a, 
better job there or, or a different kind of job. But this particular draft is just kind of as you all separate it out. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, let's talk about it over on the Discord later. Uh, uh, I'm curious to hear other people's ideas of, as to whether they think we are good at drafting and developing. Because, and and I'll tell you right now, I don't think that the front office is good at anything. I think that they're just again. The you should put us in charge, honestly. I mean, at least we would get the fuck out of the people's way who know what they're doing. You know, rather than, you know, Jed and his goddamn calculator and bullshit <laughs> and they're trying to figure things out. And it's like, dude, just go away. Just- well, they, you remember in 2020, they fired a lot of scouts in favor of these calculators <laughs> and Ross GBT got hired with no experience. Uh, you know, I have no experience. They should hire me. Well, <laughs> and the last time I remember any pitcher getting anything out of like, truly stepping up was uh, Jake Arrieta under the tutelage of Basio. That's the last time that like, I remember Cubs pitching development, truly doing something amazing. And it changes, you know, you also- and Hendricks came up under Basio too, actually. Yeah. The human- so whatever they were doing before pitch lab might've been okay. God, I, I miss Basio waddling out to the pitcher's mound. It's just like, you know, <laughs> the, the reliever could get in like a couple, few extra warm-up pitches <laughs> just because he was so slow. He, he would go out there. He wore a muumu. It was amazing. He looked like Homer Simpson in the muumu. Totally. <laughs> he really did. So, um, well, uh, two with the White Sox the next two days. And then four, again, four-game series in St. Louis coming up. You should be a Patreon subscriber and listen to Cubs Pod, and we tell you every day what happened and what's going to happen. And if um, you're lucky, we both tell you different things that happened. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe free. one of them will be right. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. We both start doing them so that one of us can just be right. We don't know which one it's going to be, but... it's. Uh, it's like dueling podcasts. <laughs> so then, um, so we got Hendricks versus Kopech tomorrow. I'm going to try to go to this game, but we'll see. It's expensive. I don't want to spend money to go down there. And then we got. Somebody send Danny a ticket. Is it yeah. at home or is it at the great? It's at the great. That's what I thought. Yeah. How are great tickets expensive? Nobody's going to be there. It's White Sox trying to gouge Cub fans to come down there and see their stupid team. Right. And it and it may just Wait, work. Is that what we're calling Down Arrow Park now? Down I, Arrow Park. <laughs> I, I call it I call it the G rate or the G spot. Um in my song, uh Steve Stoned. And I I also call it what else do I call it in that song? Oh, the tailgate. And I call it the no, that's it, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. I've always called it the great as soon as they changed to the G rate. So, anyway, I'm going to try to go down there. And then it's Stroh versus Lynn for the second game. So, oh. that's kind of a fun Maybe game. if Lance Lynn makes it that long. Because he's one of the guys that people are actually interested in. And if you listen to uh, Billy DeVore's podcast, The New Nasty Boys, uh, they were talking about that he might be a spot like a guy that the Reds might be interested in. Yeah. 
Red he's said that so they trade, and he's fun. And I wish Lance Lynn were on the Cubs too. So everybody should want Lance Lynn on their team. I only yeah. remember hating Lance Lynn because he was a Cardinal. Yeah, exactly. And and now he's a White Sox. So I, I, I'm like, he's played for all our enemy teams. I don't see him becoming a Cub, you know. Like, but I I agree that I, I, I've looked at him like when he was available in other years, and I'm like, oh, Lance Lynn would be cool because we we're used to him kicking our ass. And he's <laughs> right. fun. So um, anyway, that's kind of a and, – and both of those – that's the game to go see, actually, Stroh versus Lynn. Definitely. But, yeah. But instead, we'll all watch it together because I think on Wednesday night, we're gonna, I'm going to be hosting on the Discord for all the Patreon members a game watch. So on Wednesday Yay! night, go on up. I didn't even tell Michael or IFG that I was going to say that I was going to do that. But I am going to do that on Wednesday um, hopefully you guys are available too. If you pop, if you can pop in, pop on in, but, um, we'll be doing that. And also I'm, I want to announce a new contest that I'm going to be doing. All of the bleacher bun band music is on TikTok, And I know that probably not everybody listening to and watching this is on TikTok. but I'm going to be doing a contest in which you make little fun videos of bleacher bum band songs, tag me in them and um, we'll have a contest who all that's going to go all the way through to the end of the year. And it's going to be uh, make fun TikTok videos of Bleacher Bum Band songs, any kind of song you want, preferably the new album, though. And um, we're going to pick a winner of the best video at the end. Make sure to tag me and you will win your very own song parody or original song written by me for a special occasion. Uh, whether it's somebody's birthday coming up or an anniversary or a Christmas present for somebody or whatever it's going to be. You have a however long to redeem it. And um, I will write you a song, whether, you know, for an occasion. So that is the that is what you will win as a prize. And if you don't have a TikTok, I mean, just try it. Come on. Twitter's circling the drain and TikTok is fun and there's plenty of old people on there. It's fine. I'm, don't you mean I'm just wondering, it's not just for the toddlers. I promise. I'm, I'm just wondering what the. Uh, what the Chinese government is going to do with bleacher bum band music. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be fun to figure out. As I've always <laughs> said, as a member of generation X, who cares? Whatever. <laughs> what the fuck ever, whatever they fucking want to do. Not up to me, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to throw a memorial um, in the bleachers for all of our friend, Dan Nielsen, on September 20th, there is now a Facebook event that exists. And uh, if you can, we're, it's a Wednesday, so not the, in, in the middle of September, at the end of the Cubs season. But we're going to get together and celebrate our friend Dan. There's a picture of him when he was alive uh, on Wrigley Field. I know uh, a lot of people are going to be coming from his family and friends, all the way from Omaha, including his mother and father and his uh, girlfriend, uh and uh, and his best friend are all coming out. So let's just all go out there and celebrate Dan. We've already, through mostly through the ranters, raised enough money to do all sorts of great stuff. I know that we gave the chunk of the money to his best friend and mom, who are going to do, like I think, like a bench or something like that. But we kept a portion of the money. And I, in that game, we're going to put a message on the video board. And, you know, something about, and, uh, but so 
if you remember all that we did for him and his family at that time, it's all going to kind of come to fruition on the 20th. Um, we'll get together beforehand at some, uh, uh, like, uh, soon to be named bar or restaurant and have a, have a nice time for Dan. So hashtag chance in the chat. If you would like to win a Fred chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom, uh, the cat is on the lap of IFG. So we know that we've definitely hit the two hour mark at this point. The cat's like, please stop recording your dumb show. <laughs> um, and we will. Very soon. So, uh, hashtag change in the chat. And we got some TFCs. So, I've got I got one here. I'll, I'll start here. This one, because I got three. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, this one it comes from Twitter. Fake David Ross at Cubs. Uh, Skipper tweeted out, check out that stat, haters. And the, <laughs> and, and the stat in question was... Uh, that uh, Marquis had put that David Ross is nine and nine versus the uh, versus the national as nationals as Cubs manager. <laughs> yeah. And he's got kind of a, like it's catching him in mid speaking. So he's got like a Popeye look on his face. Like he's like, Hey, wait, 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 I am what I am. Yeah. And what I am is a 500 manager. Really more in question. But only against this one specific team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. He's a sub 500 manager against everybody else. Really, in question here is nine and nine as versus Nationals as Cubs manager. You know, if you work for Marquee and it's your job to like find these stats and like you know get people to be excited about the team, like this isn't in- exactly instilling confidence <laughs> considering the Nationals have been really terrible since David Ross. Became manager in 2020. The Nationals sold off all their best players and have been pretty dog shit for a while. So find a better stat, Marquis. Yeah, the thing I'm most amazed about is they've played them 18 times with David Ross as a manager. Like it just doesn't seem like it could be that long. Well, read them and weep. But maybe it's not even correct. Maybe David Ross is the first Cuban baseball player to ever hit in a home run derby. Things, things like that. The world will never know. Yeah. Okay. I got one here. So I got this off of uh, the baseball circle jerk on Reddit. And if you go to Rockies games, as I used to do fairly often, um, if you get there really early, sometimes they have a little fun with you on their big board. And they they do it early, so there's only a few people in there. But uh, they post up their game notes. And then what it says on this particular picture is, using a stethoscope to listen to the heart, cardiologists can detect narrow valves, valve leakage, and or abnormal rhythms. Don't bother asking him to check your heart, Becky. That crushed Titanic sub has more life inside it than that collapsed troll cave you call a chest cavity. Like, so they put this up there as if somebody's like getting mad at, you know, like somebody's losing their shit and like getting mad at somebody on this. It's actually, it's just a joke. But this one got picked up and people start passing it around like, oh my God, what happened? And, uh, Woody 1213 says, the fuck did that bitch Becky do? 
and uh, whoever the person our is, insurance seventy seven ninety five says yeah says she signed Chris Bryant to that contract I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. Like, here I am looking at this whole Total Rockies thing, and then this bad Chris Bryant slam comes in yeah, out of that, nowhere. That uh, message thing, it, I mean, it's interesting to think it's a joke, but it's it still confuses the hell out of me. I, You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why. Like, it's just so odd. It, I enjoy it, but it's so strange. So I, 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 I got <laughs> well, this they, they want you to think that somebody up there is like, uh, like this is my ex girlfriend. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah. yeah, just like out of context, it's just so strange. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, it makes me feel weird. Anyway, uh, Boomer Bill posted this over on the Discord, and this comes uh, uh, from a screenshot from Randall J. Sanders on on X, which is uh, I guess who, who, by the way, if there is a if you look in the dictionary for TFC, there's a picture of Randall J. Sanders. Yeah. There. It, Randall's a great guy too. I've I've met Randall on many occasions. Um, cool, cool dude too. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read the second part of this here. He said, "Never allow the Cardinals back into the game, ever. You turn around to make a sandwich, and suddenly the bases are loaded, and some dirty, long-haired son of a bitch who looks like he should be pounding beers outside a gas station pops one into shallow right and drives in three runs." <laughs> It's like he's it, speaking to my soul. He's absolutely right. That's ah, oh, just so so brutal. You got he's another absolutely one, right? Though if they get even close, it's bad news. All right, uh, and here is my second TFC, and this guy writes: So my son met Miles, and it shows a picture of a baseball card of Miles Masterboni, and is signed by Miles Masterboni. And uh, the dude that responded was, did Mastro pay your son to sign it? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that it got downvoted at least two times. (laughs) Yeah, by Mastroboni's mom and dad. Um, I'm telling you, Miles Mastroboni, you're going to eat your words. He's good. Mike Wallace got... He's so good. They should trade him for somebody really, really good and better than Miles Masterboni. You know what? I I hope that there is somebody out there listening to Danny Rocket loving on Miles Masterboni, to Mike Waller telling you how good he is, and they're like, well, geez, we should take a flyer on this guy and get something. He's got like a 212... uh, batting average for his career. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's awesome, and he's and <laughs> amazing. Doesn't so the peripherals good. are gonna periphify? <laughs> Suga's so, so got mad at me the other day for not bitching about Morel. <laughs> yeah, for striking out, even though I was giving shit to Master Pony. It's like I don't. I mean, I don't know if I've come across wrong, but I don't like Master Bodie, and I do like Morell. I mean, I don't know why that well, was a surprise. I'm going to open invitation to Bill because Bill's got my phone number. If he ever wants me to bitch about something specific in the game, he's got. <laughs> he can just text away, and I will bitch about it. You know, I promise. If he's watching, and and uh, it's not DVR. Danny Rocket, personal bitch clock. Yeah, personal bitch clock. Anything you want. If you got my, if I've shared my number with you. Feel free to tell me what to bitch about, and I may or may not do it. So, um, 
let's see. Oh, I got one more. And then I think that's it. And then we're going to pick a chance. Hashtag chance in the chat while I'm reading this. All right. This one's from Karen, short and sweet. She says, uh, this Karen Hansen, AZ, Boog, for the millionth time. We don't care don't about, care your, about shoe. your shoe collection. Hashtag Cubs. <laughs> Liked by 21 people. Marquee, Marquee with a rough weekend. Um, I don't know if you saw that that tweet that I tweeted that went massively viral. No. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it had like thousand likes and shit. Like it was pretty big. And what it was was the video of Ian Happ making that amazing diving catch. It was actually a really nice catch that he made. It dove for it. But at the time in the game, um, Taylor McGregor was interviewing a woman about sun sun safety. And, <laughs> and they were selling Cerave um, sublock. Oh, God damn it. That's somebody in the chat earlier. Out of the blue, I saw it in the chat, and it said, the real question is, do you guys have sunscreen? And yeah. I was so confused when I saw that, and now I know yeah. what they were saying. So, anyway, I... I always wear my sunscreen. You know, we got to. We're, we're gingers. I mean, I was talking about this <laughs> no, with Joe. I burn if I stand in front of the refrigerator for too long. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, it, no, it was, it was pretty bad. It was a marquee moment. Let's just call it a marquee moment that I don't really see too many because I don't watch it too much but it resonated as i said this is what's wrong with marquee this yeah. is the problem and you know there's no fixing it unless you just stop doing shit like that you just gotta stop doing it taylor mcgregor is probably fine if you just like let her interview the players and stuff like you want to hear but instead they got her like talking to sunscreen lady and nobody gives a fuck well and uh, reason number 857 of why shit bambi is not a good guy in the booth Fucking uh, Beth Moens calling the game on Sunday. I love her. They didn't cut to a fucking booth shot ever. They never went to JD and Beth in the booth. The reason I thought about this was because the only time I saw her was when Chris Chelios sang the seventh inning stretch. That was it. And I only saw like side of her head. Boog makes them cut to him. Four or five times a game. And it and it ruins the game. We're trying to watch baseball. We don't yeah. need to see this. But, yeah, so if they can do that with Beth Bowens, who, by the way, way more attractive than shit Bambi, then I don't know why they can't just not show him. Like, they don't show her. They don't show them at all during the entire thing. That's what baseball is. You I see wonder the, if they the didn't show before if, the game, if, after if, the game. I wonder if, like, Boog knew they weren't going to show him on camera if he would, like, call the game more like he does on radio. I, I, I well, it's know. it's the whole production. Like, there. There's a director Ooh. directing all this stuff, and they're coming up with all these things they want to do in the game, and it just it's just overall distracting. And we, But there's clearly a difference. Right, if Beth Moens is in there with JD, I don't know. I don't watch the no. TV. At no point did they cut to her. Right, they didn't cut to the booth. That means when Shambi's in there, they're making a decision because Shambi is some sort of a freaking superstar that they need to show him on TV all the time. 
It's like it's like in the Marvel movies when the the superhero walks around with the freaking mask off the whole movie. It's like that's not what I'm like. Fucking go be Iron Man. Quit showing me Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah. It's uh, shout out though to Miguel Esparza, and uh, it, he did a great job uh, along with Jorge Moreno. I listened to them the entire uh, weekend. Also, to I listened to a little bit of Matt Spiegel and uh, blanking on her name, um, Elise Elise Meneker. Elise Meneker. She was good. I, they, I heard her when she was in the booth the one day. Filling in for Pat, and uh, and I was like, thank God Zaidman's not there. But Zaidman got to go to the Hall of Fame. So, did he introduce Pat? I don't know what he was just there. Uh, Possibly relevant. Happy Women in Baseball Week, everybody. Yeah, I yeah. saw that too. Uh, that's uh, going. To, we should do f- something for that uh, next Sunday, and um, like spot. I don't know what, what kind of spotlight. Well, you're a woman when you're on the show, so you're a woman in baseball. Yeah. Sure. Back when I was on. <laughs> I mean, you used to. I mean, I, I love that it's happening more and more. It didn't happen at all before. You know, you never saw women broadcasters. You never saw. I mean, the only one I ever knew was uh, Susan Waldman mm-hmm. uh, from the Yankees. And she was the only one for the longest time. And, um, it, and now you just see it more and more. And I think the next generation, there'll be more and more. And w- yep. w- women will or little girls will see that and be like, Oh yeah, of course I could do that. No problem. So, well, anyway, let's, let's give away a, a chance. Uh, shall we? Let's do it. Here we go. People are spinning around. Oh, who spinning are around. the people who chanced, who chanced rich Blomquist. Congratulations, rich. You rich just got richer. Yeah. He did. It, he will get a message of love and doom on this fine chance postcard. And in a hundred years, that'll be worth something, Rich. So somebody in your family, uh, if they don't throw it out, will have a postcard worth what do you say, twenty-seven cents? Twenty-seven million cents. Oh, twenty-seven even, million. My bad. It's actually probably. I didn't carry 20. the decimal point. So um, let's go eight we'll- spots. We'll go over to the Discord. I, I'm going to play because it's still, unfortunately, somewhat appropriate. I'm going to play Hug Watch, but it's got a little music video that I made that's, that goes with it. Um, so uh, we'll see you over on Discord for a little bit, even though we, of course, went two and a half hours long of pure, unadulterated Cubs content. But, hey, we're going once a week. so it's You like know what? There's a pitch show. clock in baseball. There is not one on this show. We oh, now we go have a bitch clock. Yeah, this is this is like, um, this is pretty much as long as a pitcher's duel, you know? Would you say? Yeah. These days, so uh, Spagog and uh, Spagog. Spagog. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting Teenagers, hug, watch, watch it for hug. 
can't offer you a new contract But now the pulpit catch is gonna help me back All the fans are sorry to see you go Sayonara, arrivederci, au revoir, adios We're singing hug, watch, watch it for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Hug, watch, watch it for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Watch, watch Favorite players getting traded from 